so right. still, well, I still just uh, walked right the, in. The first time, no, I mean, it, it doesn't take very long, but the first time I went there, it probably took me like 40 minutes door to door. Oh, wow. You know, like getting in line to leaving. And then when I went back this week for the second shot, there was like nobody there relatively. It took me like 15 minutes. Interesting. No, I, I just walked both times. I just walked straight. I mean, there's a bunch of people you have to walk through and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they were just sort of like, okay, thank you. Move on. Go on. Move on. Both and times. And then I just walked both times. Yeah. And then I just walked right up there. And, uh, and then I uh, had the arm pain start up last night and got a, felt a little woozy in a pleasant sort of way. And I was like, ah, it's just going to be like the first one. And then I woke up this morning. I was like, ooh, I'm kind of fucked up. Yeah, I felt really mm. bad after my second one for a couple of days. I had like a headache for like two days. Mm. Man, got felt it. really bad. Maybe it didn't work on me because I felt f- mostly fine. Everybody gets a different thing. A couple <laughs> of my friends have died. From the vaccine? No, no. Oh, just in general, <laughs> yeah. in life. Oh, we're talking about something else now. Okay. Yeah, one of my friends Sorry, died in uh, like fifth grade. <laughs> no, he got an A. Uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've had friends die. Yeah, he got a jet ski accident. I had a friend who he got uh, he got stabbed <laughs> at that Burger King when he was trying to break up a fight and uh, died almost and then he instantly. His, your memory of him just disappeared of him while disappeared he was walking next to you. Yeah. You have photos of him, but he's not in him anymore. Well, no, then I had to go take my kids to the pool or some shit. Yeah. but I finished that book, so <laughs> I finished writing that book, so it was all good. <laughs> What's the final line from that? Uh, uh, and everything was movie? okay. We never. Uh, he says like, "Shit, man, who, who does anybody?" Has, yeah, who has who has who has friends? Who, who has friends like you do when you're ten or something like that? <laughs> We're talking about basic shit instinct, man, right? Does anybody? Does anybody? You never have friends as it's good as the ones you never have friends enough. as good as the ones you had when you were twelve. Shit, man, does anybody? I disagree with that. You guys are better friends. Is that Daniel than Daniel Stern does that narration. No, it's uh, it's uh, Dick Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. He's right. Daniel Stern's he's Wonder Years. He's writing the book. That's right, Daniel Stern's Or as I call it, the Blunder Years. And he goes oh. out saying, he's like, you kids, goddamn kids, get in the car. We're going to the swimming pool. <laughs> I was in Jaws. <laughs> I don't have to take this shit. <laughs> uh, and now I'm going to talk about sociology for, for fucking 20 minutes. What's Krippendorf's drive, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Boy, oh boy, we gotta do that. Yeah, we gotta do Krippendorf. Krippendorf's drive. We can do the, the Dreyfus. The Dreyfus, Dreyfus triple feature. We'll do Krippendorf. We'll do. Uh, we'll do uh, oh Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> that movie is. What a, about Bob? Have you seen oh. Krippendorf's drive? That's well, a, God, that's no, a, that I runs haven't. that runs the gamut because I enjoy What about Bob? Mm. I've never seen Krippendorf's drive. It has Jenna no, Elfman in it? So I don't know I just, if I. I saw predisposed to not want to watch it. Just Jenna Elfman. I don't know if I could do Krippendorf's drive. Mr. Holland's Opus, I saw at some point. Lies. Have I told you? you have to believe it. You're, are you aware of the story about my dad saying "What about Bob?" the first time? No, I don't know. I've told you that, right? It was like Probably. an active shooter situation. <laughs> he shot people in the theater. <laughs> oh no! That shit was legal at the time. Yeah, it's fine. No, we went and saw it in the theater, and uh, and it's fucking "What about Bob?" I'm sure we've all seen "What about Bob." It's yeah. a PG PG right. 13 comedy about Bill Murray. Being annoying. Uh, Terror- being annoying. Terrorizing people, yeah. Terrorizing Richard Drivers. <laughs> wow, wow. We were like, ha, 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 ha. It was a hit movie. Yeah. Yeah. People liked it. It's yeah. What About Bob? Yeah. We're all aware. <laughs> and uh, we were driving home. And my dad, my dad's a cat, at least at the time, could be like a weirdly moody guy sometimes. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I think we're all familiar with dads being that way. Your but, dad, yeah. But this time it was particularly inexplicable because we were driving home. We were like, that was a good movie. What did you think about that? Fuck you, dad. son. And he goes, I don't want to talk about it. Jeez. Oh, no. And we were like, why didn't you like it? We're, we're kids. Like, what, what? You didn't like it? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. 
He was really mad, and I brought it up like a couple years later because I because th- I thought that was really interesting. Right. And he was like, "I don't want to talk." About <laughs> <laughs> he, he hates that movie. And then I and uh, like I talked to my mom about it one time. This has gone on for years. I've never got it. I think I talked to so him wait, about is this it. an unsolved mystery. Wait, am, I not, am I not going to get closure on this anecdote? It basically is because the, sand, the, the, the sands of time eroded his memory of why he didn't hate it. Because I like he's much mellower now. He's 106 or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and I was and I think I asked him like three or four years ago. Like, remember when we saw what about Bob and it made you really mad and you hated it. Do you remember why? And he was like, I don't even remember watching that movie. It's like, oh. He blocked it out. His PTSD gone. blocked it out completely. Absolutely. He's just like, what What movie? I don't remember. He's got to have like a long lost half brother who was like mentally ill and he did pulled that shit on the family and like, you know, like this, there was an it accident. Actually happened, this happened to yeah. him. His house got blown up. Yeah, yeah. From the, the family that he was with before us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got blown up <laughs> by a psych, like a psych, psych patient of his. Who was obsessed with him? They didn't pay me for basing this movie on my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I love the idea of someone being like really mad about what about Bob. Maybe he was just annoyed that you guys were bugging him, and no, <laughs> and no, no I way. Mean, and he, then and then he, he would be, and then he forgot. And so years later, he was like, "I don't want to talk." You like maybe he just didn't want to talk about it. Maybe, maybe he was like, maybe, "I love that movie, but I don't want to fucking talk uh, about I, maybe it." Maybe he hated it, the movie. He angrily like, doesn't want to talk about it with you. I love it so much. It's like intimate. <laughs> what if he? What if he hated the movie for totally ordinary reasons? Like he didn't think it was funny. He thought the acting was bad. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He hated it so much. And then everybody else in the family loved it. Mom, you, your brother, they all loved it. And he's like, I got to get out. Like, he's on the car ride home, and he's like, I got to ditch this family. And he's like, that's why he doesn't want to talk about it. But he made the decision to be like a good husband or father and stick with the family. (laughs) Barely. Then when you brought it up again a few years later, he was like, that's a a dark time. I don't want to talk about that. I told you I didn't want to talk about Uh, it. He went went and stared at his go bag in the closet for like an hour. He had had his bug out bag in the car. He was going to stop at the Wawa or whatever and let you guys off to go get a donut. (laughs) He just speed away. Longingly staring at his go bag. Wow. He pulls a five easy pieces and just hops into a... Semi truck, exactly. Wherever you're going, you get outside of the fucking sheets or whatever, and there's the car engine still running, <laughs> passenger side doors open, bug out bags gone in the trunk. You don't know what happened. Never saw dad again. Punched a hole in the wall where he kept his go bag. Later, you think, I thought, I thought they were supposed to say they went out for a pack of cigarettes and never came back, but dad didn't smoke. He didn't even say, yeah, yeah, he didn't even say that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> right. That's it. Jumps out the window. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. What about Bob caused a family, family to be destroyed? destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it, and fam- it won't be the last. That family gets destroyed. And what about Bob? I I have my theories. Yeah. yeah. My theory is because he is uh, my dad is a you know paterfamilias uh-huh. who loves his family. Uh-huh. And that movie is about and and I don't know if you recall, but that movie is about a guy who's like essentially a pompous dude. Right. But he's like not a bad guy. Dick Dreyfus is like. I wrote a book and he's I, got a bit of a like, short fuse. But. You know, he's kind of an ivory tower, pretentious dude, but he's not like a bad guy. He loves yeah. his family. He's doesn't. He's not abusive. And then, and then it's supposed to be funny that his life is completely fucking destroyed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, if by a guy that you're supposed to like. Right. And I think that that just rubbed him like as a kind of like family man. And just like you guys think it's funny that a, that a man's family is taken from him <laughs> by a funny buffoon? You think this is funny? That's why you wanted. That's why I wanted to leave. He's like these fuckers don't appreciate me. I think I'm out. It's something like that. <laughs> like he was horrified. This was like watching a horror movie, and him, we were like, <laughs> "You should ask him if he ever thought about just leaving." Look at that fucking yutz who provided for his family with his heart, <laughs> with sucker. his labors. What an ultra maroon! Uh-huh. What a fucking joke! 
And his whole I family, like the loser. And his whole family just turns against him. Charlie Corsmo and everyone. Yeah, Julie Even Haggerty. Charlie Corsmo, <laughs> Joey Mozzarella. Not you too, Dick Tracy's the kid. Joey Mozzarella's another <laughs> I, kid in there? No. Oh. It's Corsmo. It's Corsmo and some other girl, right? Uh, Julie Haggerty and then some girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about Bob? Let us know, uh, listeners, if you know why my dad was so mad about <laughs> what, what about Bob. <laughs> if you've got the inside scoop. Oh, man. Speaking of speculating. Oh, wow. Very good. Speculating. Wow. 8.5. What, you been getting cryptocurrency? Oh, no, our movies. Yeah, we're, I'm, in, I'm in Dogecoin now. <laughs> I got $6 in Dogecoin. Well, cool. It's That's where the, that's where the billion uh, different kind of fake coin. I saw I saw like an, art, an Onion headline. I think it was Onion. It was one of those like fake, you know, funny news websites. Uh-huh. And it was just a picture of like a screen cap from Tron. And it said, uh, man, man who is sucked into computer <laughs> still doesn't know what blockchain is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty uh, funny. Yeah. Speaking of blockchains. Oh. It's, so com- we're, we're it's being sucked into computers. Yeah. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to do some some thrillers, but they're going to be sci-fi-ish thrillers. Yeah. They're all VR thrillers. They're all sort of VR yeah. thrillers. Yeah. So we're going to do 1995's Virtuosity. Also from 1995, Strange Days, mm. and from 1999, the largely forgotten 13th Floor. Yeah, and uh, for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we want to lean more into these being sci-fi movies or virtual reality movies. They're all virtual reality movies. They're the, all, the other thing that they are is sort of detective noir. They're all. They're all. Oh like, yeah, they're they're in our wheelhouse. All, all three of them, some in in way more direct ways, like are like. Like noir, they're from the noir tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, I think virtuosity least of all. Yeah, that's more like a cop thriller. But it's still they're all like they're all like the things where they're like, what if we took one of them thrillers and then you know put some of this computer shit in it? Yeah, because uh, computers are cool right now. I mean, and to, to, again, to different degrees of quality, it to varying degrees of quality, and uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine how fucking crazy the world's gonna be in four years? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just imagine. The yeah. sites, the yeah. technologies that we'll have invented in four years. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, you know. it boggles the mind. <laughs> well, that's in the, should, was, we, should mean, we start with that one? Yeah, we got to start with that one because we usually talk the most about the first one, and we need to talk the most about this one. Okay, so we're gonna start with Strange Days. That's my favorite of the three. It is. It's by, by, it's by one far. of my favorite movies ever. I wow. love this movie unconditionally. Although the first time I saw it in the theater, I hated it. Have you ever jacked in? Have you ever wire tripped? You ready? This is not like TV, only better. This is life. It's a piece of somebody's life. It's about the stuff that you can't have, right? The forbidden fruit, straight from the cerebral cortex. I mean, you're there, you're doing it, you're feeling it. Are you beginning to see the possibilities here? Absolutely hated it. It's... If somebody hates this movie, I'm not going to hold it against them. I hated them. it because it this wasn't like the movie nuts. that I thought I wanted it to be. I was into like I loved William Gibson. I was into that stuff, and so like I heard I heard Cyberpunk, and I was like, this is going to be like that. And no, you it's love not. That, that Billy Idol What's, album, Cyberpunk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's weird is that this is the most, in my opinion, this is the closest a movie has got gotten to a William Gibson novel. Certainly, his his more modern novels. Yeah. But just I mean, but like without. Like the you know without the, the sort of stupid trappings of the you know they just sort of the stuff that would look silly now right right like this one like Strange Days is like because his books are essentially like noirs but with you know like a bunch of his, cyber his shit. later books are his his first three his first three trilogy was pretty much all that was out at the time except for yeah. one book 
and this didn't resemble those very much. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I but I don't know this, but like, there's like, uh, what's well, I can't remember. I've read a bunch of his books, and there's like some like the Angela Bassett character feels like straight. Oh out yeah, one hundred percent. Gibson a book yeah. and. And 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 the like the just the tech feels like I don't know it, it feels to me it feels like more like a William Gibson adaptation than something like Johnny Mnemonic oh, yeah. even which he, which he know. wrote right <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he also wrote two terrible X Files episodes that's so, true they know, were bad nobody's perfect right or nobody's perfect hey the X Files so this movie came out in, in like <laughs> what October ninety five was co written probably Cameron wrote the treatment and then Jay Cox probably fleshed it out into yeah. more of a screenplay but it's very Cameron oh it's very Cameron like, yeah so and it takes place uh, on Y two K Cameron's last gasp of R rated like strictly for adults like hardcore bullshit yeah too. yeah. Like th- this is this movie in True Lies does make you kind of go like, G- and maybe it's Jay Cox. I don't fucking know, but it's like, right. what was James Cameron going through in the nineties, man? Because <laughs> this movie, this movie's <laughs> fucked up. It can be, yeah. <laughs> Parts of it are intense. There, the there's a scene in particular that I'm sure we'll talk about. That's one of the most horrible things I've ever seen in a movie. I, th- I would say that the the intense, uh, gross stuff in this is in theme. Keeping is is it's it motivated. keeping thematically? Yeah, it's motivated by the by the movie, what the movie's about, as opposed to True Lies being like, let's be mean to this late guy's <laughs> yeah. wife because I don't like my wife yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. It's like that. It's like, like he's worked through some of his shit by the time Strange Days came around, and True Lies is like he is at the peak of his shit in that one. Right. Well, the maybe whole, he's gone yeah. to therapy a little bit, and then he writes Strange Days, and it's like I'm kind of coming to terms with the you can't hold on to these. Given that, you hate. given that this came out in '95 and is set on the cusp of 2000, I wouldn't be surprised if it was written much earlier than oh, when for it was sure. made. You know, it has to be. Plus, I feel, but I feel also feel like the 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 sort of horrifying stuff in this is, you know, it's voyeuristic and it's like, uh, you know, that it's cinema. It's making you complicit in it. You know, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. I mean, as opposed to the again, the, the scene in Strange in True Lies where he's like makes his wife do a striptease for him uh, right. because he is mad. That she wasn't cheating on him <laughs> with a guy. Uh, step step anyway, three. Anyway, blank, everybody. Step li- three question mark. Step four question mark. Anyway, step five. Marriage is better. <laughs> everybody, everybody, listen to our True Lies Patreon episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so hell, it's quite. It's quite a movie, and this is quite a movie. Uh, I can't love this do remember, movie. Do you remember There's the uh, trailer for this movie that was just Ray Fiennes going like, "Have you ever jacked in?" Yes. Yeah, ever wired trip. It's awful. It's it's <laughs> it's interesting, and I remember seeing it and kind of like wanting to be excited about it. But I th- I felt I think I kind of in the end felt the same way America did, where it was just uh-huh. like, "Well, what the fuck was that?" Right. Roger Ebert famously loved <laughs> that this movie. That wasn't enough. This movie, it, like, I can't love, I this, love movie. this movie. There's, yeah. I think this movie is amazing. I'm probably going to give it a pretty high rating, but the rating will be more on a technical level because yeah. this movie is re- extremely well made and has a lot going on. It's, it's And it's fucking amazing. You should watch this movie, and it's hard to watch from what I can gather. It's still... Two, it's the like two people that I brought it up with hadn't seen it and had barely heard of it. Didn't know that Catherine Bigelow directed it. Didn't amazing. know that James Cameron co wrote it. Didn't know. I, I watched this with Corey and he didn't know anything about did it. He really? like, did Corey like it? Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't know if he loved it, but right, he, right. but he was just sort of like, well, this is something else. Yeah, this yeah. movie worked. I've I've always liked it, but it worked on me. Way more this time for some. A part of it being that like watching it now and it takes place at you know in, in uh, takes New place twenty one years ago New Year's Eve nineteen ninety nine. But you watch it now and it's like this is like about now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, and, it's just one of those things. That, I mean, and I'm not saying that like that's like obviously it couldn't it wouldn't it couldn't have known like in twenty twenty and twenty twenty one strange days will be very timely uh, prophetic. But it's like I mean what is the it's about like cops murdering yeah a black man yeah and it's on camera and and, the, and, and it being the, captured on camera and like just the the police, the police riot police in the streets with the tanks and shit is mm-hmm. all like pretty, now. pretty novel, right? 
right? And the guy on the radio is like complaining the about gas, gas being over three dollars a gallon. I'm like, God damn it! It is <laughs> over three dollars a gallon. Can you imagine? <laughs> There's media saturation yeah. everywhere. The little the black know. market like uh, thing that uh, that uh, Ray <laughs> Fines operates in is like the dark sides of the internet. It's like eight chan or something. Yeah, like now that. it would I mean, have a guy on a laptop logging into a thing that it actually says dark web on it or something. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I mean, like the reality isn't like a. Uh, like a Blade Runnery cool movie version, right? But like this, it, but it is touching on like all the stuff that you're like. This is all kind of what's. I mean, they don't get into like politics or whatever. And this sure. is again more of a cyberpunk thing, so it has like you know uh, noir trappings. But it's uh, yeah, I don't know. But it was just like wow, this is but kind I, of I talking think, to I think now. <laughs> also, some of the ways in which it seemed like over over the last decade or two, I've watched this movie many times, and it always seems like differently dated to me. You know, uh, so those those parts of the the text about the like about the race relations and the cops being murderers and all that stuff, of course, seems like increasingly timely, especially right now. Right. And but then like the tech is weirdly dated. Right. And I've always think I've always thought that the bizarre Afrofuturist pop culture bent that that apparently took over the world in the late nineties is so weird. In it's, this, it's like uh, <laughs> black culture and rap and stuff written yeah, by yeah. white people. So it's pretty it's pretty rough. But I mean, some of the I mean, the bands that they got were not like that at all. Like Skunk and Nancy's in this, you know, <laughs> Prong. Yeah, yeah. is a cover of the song, the Doors song "Strange Days" by the famous band Prong. Yeah. Well, I, the, who I has kinda, two songs in it. I kind I didn't. I, I don't know. I, I liked the music in it, but the music in it felt it like I had the soundtrack. It worked. It worked for me this time too. I was kind of like, this feels like. It doesn't actually feel like what the. It's not at all what the music was like in 1999. Right, right, actual exactly. 1999. But it feels actually, like. Actually, it really is. Can you imagine, can you imagine if this <laughs> well, movie did no, have like a 1999 pop soundtrack? No, because 1999 was like fucking Backstreet Boys and Britney <laughs> well, Spears well, and shit. Well, that's the pop music side, but there was like. Uh, new Metal was like. Right, sparking but, like, up. but like this is like what the bands that are playing in this, like at the big fucking Los Angeles thing, it's like. It's not quite new metal, but it's like that. It is. It feels like mid '90s, and you kind of they like extrapolated a little bit, and they're like, well, music's like this now, so yeah. maybe it'll be like this in four years. But and you're like, future well, year, not quite, not quite. Juliette Lewis performs two, uh, perfor- sings herself, uh, performs two PJ PJ Harvey, Harvey songs. songs. Yeah, uh, does a pretty good job. They're pretty cool. They're she's, good. She's songs. a decent singer. She's yeah. got, she's got, she's had her own band for a long time. Yeah, she cut an album, at least one album. Uh, and it's and she's got the she's got the stage persona for it. Yeah, Juliette Lewis's character is just dirt. She's just like and and this is where I think where uh, something that I don't know one of the writers was working his way through is like hey sometimes women are just fucking worthless. <laughs> they just fucking they're poison and then she's constantly talking. I'm just poison. I mean you gotta stay away from me. I'm fucking worthless. I think she's tragic. In, in her she def- is tragic. In her but defense I mean, too though she he like keeps he's the one who keeps coming after her and she's like fuck off. Oh yeah, yeah he's a creep. Like too. I don't think that. She's she may be trash or whatever, I guess, but she's also like left this guy and he's like, I can't get over you. And she's like, Well, just do <laughs> instead and, of not. And she's a psycho. Like, and she's, and she's, she's a total like, psycho. She's, but not, that's, you she's know, not full on evil, but uh, she does get my favorite line in the whole movie, where like, and it's this great scene where he comes, to, he comes to, to her dressing room, stuff. and uh, and she's like telling him over and over again, like, get the fuck out of here, you know. I'm with Philo now. Our relationship's done. Our, our relationship is puffy and crispy and delicious. I'm <laughs> and with she's, Philo. She's looking. <laughs> she's looking into the mirror, but looking at the camera through the mirror. She looks straight into the lens. And she's like, you know why movies are better than playback? Oh, yeah. Because the lights come up and the curtains come down, and you always know when it's over. Right. And then she turns around, looks at him out of our eyeline now, and goes, "It's over! <laughs> it's over!" So I, had a girl, I had a girl scream that at me when we were breaking up one time. <laughs> Like just like that. Nice. It was great. And I and I pointed. I was like, hey, that was just like Juliet Lewis in Strange, Strange Days. Days. She's like, I know. 
<laughs> so, all right. So this movie takes place the day before New Year's Eve, four nineteen ninety nine into two thousand. So Y two K. Yeah. And it, and uh, Ray finds is this guy Lenny Nero, who you find out later is an ex cop, but he sells on the black market these discs that have. Uh, that play back in a, in a machine called a squid, which is which stands for what? Superconducting Super quantum interf- interference, interference device. device. It's explained. It's explained. There's like two or three different like expository things that I'm like, yeah. that's Cameron, right? Like that feels like the him explaining the squid to the guy is like very Camerony, where it's like we got to tell the audience that's exactly this. what it's, this is. There's no way to do it without having a title card at the beginning or having a character sort of awkwardly go like, "Here's the thing that you." Would probably already know about since you're uh, getting this from me, but yeah. let me explain it to you again. There's but a lot of Cameron it's, Evidently, in this. it's black market stuff now. It was developed by the military, and what it does is you put this thing on your head, and it allows and it records your your sensorium. <laughs> it mm. records your entire like yeah. sensory intake, yeah. and then yeah. plays it back. This is a te- technology that we won't have in twenty two nine nine nine. Yeah. yeah. It's and so, like you, but you can you can hear, see, feel, smell, experience everything somebody did when they did the action initially. Mm. <laughs> And you, the, he starts out the ver, the very first scene of this movie is one of those clips, and it's a this amazing like faux single take Steadicam shot of a robbery. These are the of a Chinese restaurant. These are the linchpin action scenes of the whole movie. So, so these cool. POV shots. It's I mean uh, it's like a thing too. Cameron wrote this, but like I can't see Cameron directing this. But Bigelow no, is perfect. Yeah, yeah. For Absolutely, this. Big, like, like she's, in the pocket for her. Yeah. She's so good. Like the the POV shit. I don't like POV stuff in movies a lot of times, and in this, it's so integral to what's happening. It like doesn't feel. It doesn't feel gratuitous or anything. It's mm-hmm. so it's what the movie's about. It doesn't about. feel gimmicky, yeah. It's what the movie's about. Like when you're in there too, it is like that where you're like I mean, some of them are more horrifying than others. But sure. even this opening one with the robbery is like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> she has this style and that it's you know, I think she maybe started to perfect it in point break. Yeah. Where it's like a faux documentary in style you know how like peter greengrass will make his movies and that really is just paul people. greengrass paul sorry paul greengrass <laughs> and he'll just peter have, a, you know, he'll have yeah. like seven people with cameras just sort of moving their yeah, ca- yeah, and yeah. their thing around and then he edits it together and hopes and rolls it and he's like hopefully that worked out yeah, yeah. and pat catherine bigelow is is going for this but it's all carefully selected shots these are all meticulously crafted so you don't feel like you're you know you don't get nauseous watching this yeah you know, same like, with this is same this with is point how break. it's supposed to yeah exactly yeah. where you're like this is a lot of camera moving it's very frenetic but it's also smooth and perfect <laughs> mm-hmm. at the same time it's she really does it, I don't know if it's on this Blu-ray that I have but on the old laser disc there was like an hour long not a commentary but she gave like a lecture at like UCLA or something like that oh wow and it's all about that first scene so you could watch it unfortunately it lasts way longer than the scene so right. you know but so at a certain <laughs> point you're just listening to her talk about it but uh but it was really I mean yeah she talked all about how long it took to build that scene and how you know at the time it was novel to have those sort of hidden cuts yeah and now now you can kind of see them everywhere but nobody was really looking back then they have to do all kinds of tricks too because people are constantly looking in the mirror and you can always see it at a slight yeah, angle yeah, yeah. they didn't have the, the digital abilities to that do stuff's this so great time. and really like a cool. lot of you know there's a lot of whip pans and stuff to hide the cuts the, mm-hmm. the steady cam work in this is really good though because a big problem i have with pov stuff in a lot of movies is that it's uh it's, it'll be handheld or something and like it'll be bumping around yeah, and i'm yeah. like when you're running you're i mean there you there is like a blur or it's a bump but you're 
You pretty yeah. much know, you pretty much can see clearly where like you're going. You're not, not like, like you can't tell. You're not going like, but sometimes you see those POV shots and you're like, this is just a guy holding a handheld camera, and then yeah, it's yeah. like, nobody. This guy is this guy is on all the drugs. He should not be moving <laughs> anywhere. Human beings can famously see while running. <laughs> it's a classic part of our uh, whole repertoire. <laughs> yeah, people like go jogging every day. Yeah, and don't fucking just like and don't fucking start vomiting smashing immediately. into yeah, yeah. each other. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm nauseous. Uh, it's okay. okay. Block and I can't do it. You're running. It's a j- it's jarring. I you know shouldn't run. Is. You shouldn't run. I never do. <laughs> can't remember the last time I ran anywhere. Even from like uh, a pack of wild dogs or no, something. No, no, no. <laughs> I have a wild dog that lives in my house already. Oh, she's I'm pretty. Of her she's pretty tame. I saw her the other day. She's she was. She jumped sweet. up on you. She's very people. sweet. She is, She was like, "Hey, it's you." Yeah. She looked confused at first, and then uh, then she recognized. She me. She was confused because uh, she doesn't like other people. So when like a person started walking <laughs> over to us, she was like, "Who the fuck's that?" Uh, and then when I took her over to you, she was like, "Oh, okay, it's fine." But this movie, but the, this this awesome opening POV shot is just just so you know, we're in hard R territory oh, yeah. because it's just like the second this movie starts, like fucking cocksucker, let's go, you fucking bitch, yeah, yeah. you're gonna fucking kill this fucking bitch, let's go, you fucking fucks, and they're smoking, they're snorting drugs, yeah. and they're like, there's violence, and they're robbing shit. It's like this this whole kind of like botched crime sort of thing. That and then the guy, wrong. the guy who you're watching the experience of falls off a roof and dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when you, and that's when it re- re- reveals Ray Fiennes. Yeah. Uh, who's been who's, watching who's this like, clip? Who's like watching it or experiencing it or whatever? Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's jacked in. He's jacked yeah. in. He's yeah. wire tripping. I mean, all the all the all the like tech stuff is dated in all of these movies. Oh yeah. But uh, I I I like it just because now I feel like at the time I don't think in, it doesn't hurt. In ninety five, you wa- I watched this and it was kind of like, well, this is dumb. This is not what it's going to be like in nineteen and, and this is not what it's like right now. But I feel like watching it now, I'm like, yeah, it's just a cool sci-fi movie. It takes place mm-hmm. whenever. I mean, when is Blade Runner takes place in like 1986 or 90, something? 97. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think you almost have to think of this like, one as sort of like a parallel universe or something yeah. like that. Where or like 2019, they, they, sorry. It's 2019. very important okay. that this oh, movie okay. takes... So it is later. Yeah. It's very important that this movie <laughs> takes place at the... Day, like from the, New York City. So. Right before the millennium. 97. And that's what they wanted. And so, unfortunately, that was four years from when they made it. So just yeah, imagine yeah. a world <laughs> where technology went differently. I mean, I feel like it's like... The, it's it's that, that kind of speculative... Uh, Tech, tech stuff that's like that could have had like you know it's that thing where it's like right. every once in a while there's a quantum leap you know and it it's just happened like to quantum leaps happened to us and it became uh sp- it became smartphones instead of uh, VR crazy squids. instead of crazy cyberpunk but also <laughs> I think it helps that especially now you watch it it does like nothing else in the movie seems like quantifiably futuristic right you know the TVs are different. Um, but people, people dress a little bit. They dress a little bit different, but not a lot. We'll get yeah, to that. Right? It's not like virtuosity one. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or like, yeah. So, and like the cars are the same. The buildings are the yeah. same. The furniture, everything looks the same. The, the houses are, are the same. same. The cops, Ooh. yeah, the cops are the same. Mm. So, yeah, I think all that helps it Rap go music down. Is exactly the it same. goes down smooth, more smoothly <laughs> because you're not Terrible. really paying attention to it being the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but pl- plus for me, plus for me, I really. This time I really liked. I really connected. I like Ray Fiennes and Angela Bassett oh, a man. lot in this yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. and I feel like that that's what like grounds me in the movie. Especially Angela Bassett is fucking amazing. How come right. she didn't win an Oscar for this movie? She's fucking nobody's going to win an Oscar for this movie. I know. People, I just just I mean just they really should. A, I they know. should because Huge people hated this movie. it. Yeah, it was a big bomb. And Huge. Still, she's incredible in it. Oh, yeah. Among it's, many great performances that she's given, she's just I just I think they have a cool char- I just think they have a, their 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 dynamic is very is very good and and ultimately very sweet. Yeah. Like which is something something that you when you watch this movie you don't expect like 
there to be any kind of uh, yeah. underlying sweetness. Well, I want to talk it. about that because that's my favorite thing about this movie. I'll talk yeah. about that later. And it's a good, it's a well, stru- uh, like Cameron's screen, like Cameron's screenplays always are, well mm-hmm. structured with terrible dialogue. <laughs> uh, be, but like the, you, you go along in the first half of this movie or whatever, you're like, why are they friends? Why does she like him? Why do they hang out? And they fucking explain it, and it makes it's sense. really good. It oh, works. Man. She's kind of the in love. Is great. She's kind of in love with the man that he used to be, and hopes is still there, but he's pretty far gone at yeah. this yeah. point. He's and the story about how he used to be a cop, and he like, you know, yeah. one of her relatives was killed in a in a gang shooting, and he was on the scene and like consoled her son. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. And it's he, oh, used, man. To, he used to be a pretty impressive guy, but this breakup with Juliet Lewis <laughs> just destroyed him. Destroyed him well, he got kicked off the force. He got kicked too. off the force. Yeah, for that's right. Something. He he had a bunch of bad things happen all at the same yeah. time, and it drove him into a life of underground virtual reality <laughs> snuff film distribution. But I, I do like that. I do like though that it's presented as like he's he is our noir hero, and he has like fallen on hard times, and he has sort of like become a scumbag. But the bad guys in this movie are cops. Yeah. Are still cops. Oh yeah. Like not all. Co- it's again. It's not all cops. Yeah. It's no. A they kinda, not they all kinda, cops. They do chicken out at the but end. But I don't. Is, I think that that's really cool that they do it that way, though. I'll talk ooh, about that well, later. I think it works it. really well. But I think it's. I think it's interesting that he is an ex-cop. But it's also like as the movie progresses, it's like presented as like, yeah, he's actually better. Yeah. Than the cops, because right. all the cops we we see in this movie, for the most part. Are not good. <laughs> he's just ethically compromised. He's not a murderer and a racist. Right, exactly. You know, he's. Uh... The two bad cops are Bill Fickner, Truth is Stranger Than Fickner, and Bill, uh, also uh, Vince D'Onofrio, yeah, who is going to pop up later on. Both, both of them, them are gonna will pop show up, up in the on. other two movies we're going to watch. Amazing. Separately, but together Separately, in this. Separately, but together in this. <laughs> and nobody's better at being, at being like, too, too fucked up, fucking, like, Racist murdering they're cops than, than William Fickner and and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. They're like just seeing. You're like, yeah, that's yep, that's, that's those, those that's guys. those guys. Vincent D'Onofrio is playing this guy as practically <laughs> feral too. Yeah, like he is. He this cop is a hundred percent of the time like. Uh, private pile in the last seconds of his existence, <laughs> where he just like, <laughs> yeah, he just wants to kill. Joker. Yeah. I don't mean to Whatever imply that. I don't even mean to imply that either William Fickner or Vincent Huffio are like. I do. Terrifying racists. They are. But both of them are like the perfect, ca- perfectly oh, they're, cast. They're I mean, this, well this cast. movie, this movie is like a loaded cast of character actors. Yeah. I think because you also got Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Oh boy. And uh, yeah, it's so good. Uh, Tom Sizemore pops Wait, up. Michael. Hey, how's it going? I'm Tom Sizemore. I'm probably gonna end up being the bad guy in this, anyways. <laughs> I'm your friend for now. Yeah. Michael Wincott. Yeah, Mike, the great Michael Wincott. <clears throat> Fucking great. Playing evil, uh, evil record uh, producer uh, Philo Gant. Michael Wincott. Fucking, we never got enough of that guy. Fucking Edson. Richard Edson. Richard Edson, yeah. What, yeah. Uh, just, what, country, what country do you think, think this is? Jericho Wan is, is the dude from Speed, Speed and Showgirls. He's Toon Man. Oh, that's His right. Glenn, Glenn Plummer. Yeah. Yep. He rules. Yeah. It's just, I, it's like, I don't know. I I was just loving this yesterday watching it going like, God damn, this is such a fucking unsung 90s gem. And like, it's, it's like... And it's so ni- it's so '90s in a lot of ways yeah. that like movies. It's so '90s in a lot of ways that movies that people love from the '90s aren't that are, are like more superficially. This one's like, I mean, because it, it's it's about police brutality because of the uh, Rodney King. Rodney King in the '90s. Yeah. It, it speaks more to now now, mm-hmm. but like it, that's what it. There's even I mean, I, there's I scenes that mirror this that. movie feels like out of control, unhinged yeah. all the time. Like yeah. it's very like all of her movies are like this. They're just like you're kind of on the edge the whole time. Like even even of relative like even Zero Dark Thirty, which takes place mostly in offices, is very like uncomfortable <laughs> and 
intense. Has the, the most time. jarring jump scare in the history of movies, possibly. <laughs> it scares me every fucking time. Well, it's it's a great. This is I think that's her best movie. This is my second favorite Catherine Bigelow movie. Ooh, wow. Well, let's get the, let's get to the plot, I guess. Okay. Gotta, so cause, yeah, because like it's, it also starts with these the other op- the, the was it the opening scene or is it the the opening sec- scene is the robbery and then the, the, then the next the robbery. next scene is the uh, cops are just chasing this woman and you don't know why. Yeah, for, well, first Ray finds is like, here's what squids are, and then right. blah, blah, blah. And then the cops are chasing Bridget Baco, the, uh, this character, Iris, and we don't know why they're chasing her in the subway. She gets <laughs> away. fucking chase. Yeah. Amazing. She gets <laughs> she gets away, and then she calls Lenny uh, from a payphone, and is like, Lenny, I'm in trouble. You got to help me. You got to help me. But he doesn't get the message right away. So most of the first chunk of the movie is him, is like, you're in Lenny's world. Mm. You're just like hanging out with him. He he's trying to you know hustle and get his uh, his clips sold to people and pick up stuff. He's also trying to keep an eye on his ex girlfriend Faith, who dumped him, Juliette Lewis, who's a singer, yep. who left him for Philo Gant, this recording producer, this, <laughs> this record studio guy, who's a who's a bigger scumbag, who's than, a than bigger scumbag than, than, than Lenny, than but Lenny. <laughs> yeah, and his and who's parent who's addicted as well to the playback, and he's right. like a, he's like yeah. paranoid and crazy. This movie has a future drug in it. Well, yeah, it's, it's kind it's of like squid. a future drug. It's the yeah. because it, it like because it like you can OD on it. It fries your brain a little. Yeah. Like I think yeah. when you, it's like th- the idea that like if you use it once, it's like not maybe not so bad. But but don't use like, it all the time. If you use it all the time, yeah. It's yeah. like when I listen to somebody. I watched a documentary about meth, and it, uh, it reminds me of listening to the people talk about uh, doing meth on there. And these meth addicts were like, "Yeah, it doesn't feel like they're like heavy into it. They're like, it doesn't feel good now. They're like, now I just have <laughs> to do it. Like they said, but you're, because yeah. they're always looking for that. That's what you know. It's that same thing. Like always, like, well, we want to." <laughs> I want that that first rush of of watching the guy fall off the roof. Yeah. I'm never gonna get that again. And so these people are fried. <laughs> the Their zap, brains are just it just fried. brings you down, ruins your whole day. <laughs> yeah. I love that line. Uh, so he's he, they're going around, and finally uh, they figure out that that Bridget Baco, the Iris, is dead. Dead. They're, they're, it's a really great scene where he's like he. Uh, well, actually, that's much later in the movie. We should we. Should, there's it's, it's, there's a lot there's there's just a it's but a the, long the, it's a long movie it's the first two and a half hour the movie. first big event is the is what they called at the time the rape cam scene and mm-hmm. that's like forty minutes into the movie I remember it being much later into the movie oh yeah but it's very early and I thought on. it was I thought it was earlier in the movie even and when it didn't ha- I'm going when is that gonna happen yeah <laughs> I so mean, that, that was looking forward to it. I was just come like, on get to the rape <laughs> Iris is, I was, I was, let's I was go just, let's go <laughs> Iris has been in real bad trouble and what we don't know why. But uh, she drops she drops a tape in Lenny's car because she can't find him. She can't find him. And we're him. seeing all the we're seeing all this news foot, footage of Jericho one uh, uh, this uh, this well, rapper like socially conscious rapper who's like Got almost a, a movement capital. leader and it's just sort of background news like Jericho one was killed we don't know why and we're probably not going to find out it's, it has nothing yeah. to His do with his funerals tomorrow he's process. been leading protests in L A yeah this is some of the stuff that Jericho one says I lo- I always love rap music and yeah. black culture <laughs> written by white people you love the red white and blue but you hate the black, black, black. It's true. My life is a nightmare. America's been my boogeyman for 400 years. And do we uh, know who wrote his rap, his rap songs? <laughs> I'm just curious. James Cameron himself. I really hope it's James Cameron. I mean, I didn't see at the end. In it, credits, it does so. feel pretty inauthentic, but whatever. But also, uh, well, also we forgot to mention that Lenny's being—he's like hijacked his friend Lornette Mace Mason. Mace. Yeah, they call her Mace or Macy. Well, because his car gets towed. His car gets towed. With the tape inside. And she's a limo driver and security expert, so he, like, cons her basically into, like, letting him tag along on her run that night. And so he's hanging out with Mace. And then uh, he he gets his... Well, they go to the junkyard to get his car back. That's later. They get they first first she gets a Japanese guy this businessman Mr. in Fumitsu. her car. You get a, and then you, and then he's like, No, I wanna go to this I wanna go to this club so I can get jacked in and Lenny basically 
coerces her to drive him to the club where Faith is so he yes. can like bother her. It's good st- <laughs> it's good stuff. You get an it's idea of what her job is, you get an idea of what his <clears throat> job is and what his life is mm-hmm. like and what their relationship is like all at one time. But also it's where still he's trying to hustle this Japanese businessman yeah. and yeah. she's just trying to keep everything straight on the straight and narrow. She's mad at him, but always she's not kicking him out either. Yeah. She keeps him around. She loves him. But she's like she's like immediately like what did you do this time, Lenny? I'm annoyed with you, but yeah. I'm going to help you. <laughs> yeah, I'm always going to be there for you because you were there for me four yeah. years ago, whenever it was. And he's always saying shit to her like, uh, well, my car got towed. You know, some some ridiculous thing with the bank. Have you been having this problem lately with the banks messing up <laughs> messing up your bills? And she's he's, like, no, I make my payments. He's always telling people he's going to write them a check, yeah, too, yeah. which I he's love. A, he's, a qu- he's a classic. <laughs> and he's got a briefcase full of fake watches. Yeah, yeah. He's like, it's a Rolex. Yeah. Classic, I got a real one. Classic hustler <laughs> slash user, like the way that he talks to Angela Bassett is very like user sort of yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, are yeah. you mad at me? Or like... Like, well, what can I, you know, why, why are you mad at me? Like, all this sort of stuff yeah. where that makes you kind of go, like, what is the deal with their relationship until you yeah. kind of, like, find out later on. But and, and, but it's Ray Fiennes, and he does a really good job <laughs> other than the accent. So you don't hate this guy. <laughs> he's he's kind of lovable, but he's a sleazebag. Yeah. I don't uh, mind, you know, I don't mind his accent in this because he's such a uh, fast talker that it's kind of almost like a, uh, yeah, 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 I'm a, uh, I don't know. It's like a, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's not a deal breaker, but it's pretty bad. I think yeah. he's re- I think he's really good in it because he's very uh, amiably oily yeah. in it and uh yeah I think I think he seems like a sweetheart and he's it's not like he's a tough guy about it either no, you know? no. and he can handle himself we find out but later on yeah. that's, that's a yeah well but, but the scene, uh, the scene, like the scene he gets tuned up by Nikki Cat and those other thugs oh, yeah. in the club is really funny <laughs> The, uh, the uh, but also the scene before that where he gets where he gets beat up by the uh, the running back the yeah, ex yeah. running back Wade who Beamer works for Philo now I love that scene because he's like he's like oh wait 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 his jacket is very expensive uh, he takes <laughs> off his jacket he's like okay just not uh, don't hit me in the eyes yeah yeah he guy like, covers so- his eyes up and punches him in the lower face yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love the he has this kind of ongoing like small ongoing relationship with this like former football player yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, enforcer where they're kind of like they they don't hate each other no no it's but not they personal do have to beat each other that's up what he says it's not personal. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, he beats him up at the end. He takes him down and is yeah. like, he's like, I'm sorry, it's not personal or whatever. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, um, but it, but this 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 was the James Cameron movie, so the script is it's long, but it's filled with stuff. Uh, the script is pretty tight, and then it's filled with uh, questionable dialogue and like weird, uh, inappropriate jokes at weird times and stuff like that. I think most of the dialogue in this is good because I think most of the actors are are good. The only problems I had were like some of the expos. There's one part with the where he's explaining Squid to the businessman who's going to buy some, yeah. and then there's a part where Angela Bassett kind of says too much to Lenny. After she like stops the car, she's like, "God damn it, Lenny! You're gonna make me do this thing. You know, I'm just trying to keep this job, and I've got a kid and stuff right, like that." And right. You're like, "Yeah, he probably knows that." <laughs> I bet he. Wait, I, you have a kid? I have a feeling that the character that's your friend in this movie already knows all this stuff you're saying. But yeah, I, yeah, okay. I, en- I enjoy it as like blunt, noirish, expository dialogue. I think it fits with the genre of how yeah, these yeah. characters interact with each other. You I mean, know? it's. I, I mean, Cameron's best screenplay, I think, is The Abyss, and even that has stuff it's where, loaded it's like, with it, yeah. where it's like. <laughs> But I think it's really good, and I think both both that movie and this one work on the I'm same level. Reminded you know? of the scene in the first Terminator <laughs> when the, she finally hooks up with Michael Biehn, and Michael Biehn is explaining to her about there's a robot from the future, and that's what that dude was that I just shot in the nightclub. <laughs> and he always makes it always cracks me up that he's like, "It's a Terminator sent from the future, Cyberdyne <laughs> Systems Model T101." It's like she doesn't care what the serial number is, man. 
<laughs> I want to give an example of it from the end just while we're talking about it, but this part really jumped out. This is towards the end, and this movie gets very intense. It's yeah, got very yeah. heavy subject matter, and everything's building, and we're talking about like events that might cause a world-ending like riot and shit like that. And Ray Fiennes is trying to send Angela Bassett to get helped by like this chief of police guy. Strickland. And he's like, okay, well, things Who are building Lenny. up. We got like 15 minutes left in the movie. Everything's wrapping up. Everything's moving very fast. Now go over to that guy and show him this footage that you have. He's he's like, uh, you know, he, he might help you out, but careful, his ass is so tight that when he farts, only dogs can hear it. Like, what? It's <laughs> not time for this joke. Jeez, man. I thought we were in a hurry. I mean, it's also, the co-writer was Jay Cox, who wrote, like, uh, Age of Innocence yeah. and uh, Gangs of New York and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scor- he was a go-to. He, he, he worked with Scorsese uh, silence, a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean that, he, only that's has, why he only has seven credits, but uh, so the f- more most of them, a lot are, of uncredited most of them stuff are Scorsese. Uh, the yeah, and if it's the guy that wrote film Silence. Critic. Then if it's the guy that wrote Silence, then I have to assume the dog farting yeah. joke came from him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a longtime critic for Time Magazine too. Wow, yeah. Cox, yeah. Cox, um, everyone. So pff, anyway, you get this, this noir plots going, and then he gets Mace involved, mm-hmm. and and his buddy, the private detective. Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore, whose with name a, is... With a blonde wig. Oh, pff, I don't remember. Uh, I forget Tom no. Sizemore's name. <laughs> it's Billy Siz- Sizemore. Sizemore. <laughs> it's Tom Sizemore. <laughs> it's Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Tom Sizemore playing, si- the, playing, Tom Sizemore. Sizemore playing, playing the, himself. the Tom Sizemore character. Yeah. <laughs> who's got this ridiculous long hair, but that becomes important later. Right. I, it is a kind of kind of great because you're like what no you, when he's got his hair and then it turns out no indeed and you yeah. know I mean I don't think that it's any surprise when he turns out to no, be to heel? be a bad guy at the end because yeah. he like throughout the movie you're constantly waiting for it to be like oh is he gonna double cross you because he seems like a real shitty dude yeah yeah because he's always on the edge of double crossing anybody he's talking to at and any he, second. so he's helping when he's, he's introduced he like he's like I'm a cop get up get up against the wall and and Lenny's customer runs away and he's like ha ha what a funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you just cost me a bunch of money. I'm not exactly rich. I live in a shitty apartment and stuff. Like, dude. And and Tom Sizemore's character has been paid by Michael Wincott to follow Juliet Lewis around. Follow Juliet Lewis. And so, like, Lenny wants Tom Sizemore to report back to him on what Faith is up to because he's always... He's always worried about Faith, yeah. and he wants to get her away from Philo. And uh, and also, he involves Tom Sizemore in his thing because he knows Iris, too. Yep. So he's like, I got this message from Iris. Yeah. You know, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and then they f- and then they find the the tape of Iris getting yes. getting murdered, which is the which is well, the and they're on truly the, they're on their way to see her because they have found out. Well, Tom Sizemore found out that uh, Iris is staying at the Regency and she's got a ho- like a, she's checked in under her assumed name there. So they're on their way there in or, or Lenny and Mace are on their way in her limo, and that's when Lenny watches <laughs> the tape that he found in his car. <laughs> He's not ready. He kind of doesn't know what's coming. It's not like anybody's gone like this is well, going to be I mean, fucked up. So brace nope, yourself. There, I mean, even if you have the idea that you're going to watch her get murdered, <laughs> I don't think you have the idea no. that you're going to watch what actually happens, which is a it's, POV thing of God. a guy going into the hotel room next door. Yeah. Opening up the balcony, climbing across real, to the real next De hotel shit. room. Yeah, oh, all yeah. De Palma, very first person, you know, all POV, and he opens up that door where Iris is inside, pacing, nervous, on the phone. Basically waylays her, tasers her. By the way, in the UK, the clip of her getting tased has been cut because you're not allowed to show tasers in the movies over there. <laughs> but the rest huh. of it is fine. Oh, the rest of it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Then <laughs> makes sense. Basically, he hook he he hooks up a device that because the killer is already wearing one of the squids. Yeah. He hooks up a device that allows her 
to see what he's doing as he sexually assaults and strangles her. Yeah, as, so, as so she feels says, what he does to her. He's jacking into his own mid- he put, output. He, well, he, he puts a yeah. He puts a thing on She's her head. She's seeing too. herself. Yeah, and this is uh, this is the stuff that I that I love in in movies like this. It's classic eight millimeter shit. Where and this happens twice in the movie where uh, Ray finds and it's it's particularly funny the second time where Ray finds has this headset on and of course he's feeling a lot of things that's all horrifying. He like all at the same but he time. rips it off of his head. But, all but horrifying. You see, so you see like the uh, like the events happening, which are fucked up. It's like a guy with a he's got his box cutter. He's cutting open the dress. Oh, he's, that like, shot where raping. the box cutter like slowly like he extracts the blood. Oh, it's, it's so nauseating. Gnarly. And he's got a belt around her neck. He's got this whole mo, and then it's the jacking into his own output. All this and Ray finds is just sort of like staggering around the room, being like, ah, oh, oh. well, this is later. No, this happens the first. It's it's way worse. It's more exaggerated the second time, but this time he's. Well, the first like, time he's in the car. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the car the first time. So you get all his reactions to this. Horror. And she's like, "What are you watching?" Well, he's kind of not yeah. completely out of it. So he's like, "No, I can't. It's disgusting. Well, it's Iris." And you know, Mace he's refu- killing. And her. Mace is like, "I'm not gonna. I don't do that shit." Yeah, I'm not gonna watch that. Yeah. Um, she's like, I don't do that squid shit because it's gonna fry your brain. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. So, like, but, it but it's easily one of the most horrible <clears throat> scenes. Oh yeah, I've ever seen in a movie. But I, I find it very difficult to watch, even after like you know a hundred viewings. But it's of this. like the kind of thing that, like, I mean, I feel like it's, I don't know, it still doesn't feel gratuitous. No, not at all. Not at or, all. Or like too much. It feels like, yeah, this is what this movie is. That I mean, yeah, sometimes that's what's going to happen in a movie. I mean, I feel like it. It. it but the problem. The thing is, it's like POV, so yeah. it's making you complicit. Complicit yeah. in this act, and then when you find, and then when you realize, like, oh well, what was actually going on there is so Even much worse. So much more fucked up. Yeah, yeah she's unnecessary. That's unnecessarily like where it's like. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, scared. yeah, he's a psycho, so that, right. That's what I, I think that that's important is that like. Yeah, I think that th- this ties into something I want to bring up later, but I think that it's important that the villains in this are just psychos. They're evil. They're yeah. evil. Yeah. It's not, I mean, we're not merely talking about institutional racism, although we are. No. There's more to it than that. And that, that feeds into the, like, one bad apple thing that I think that this movie has a cogent argument for why it goes that way. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I've always enjoyed how intense this gets and how the bad guys are just disgusting, <clears throat> yeah. evil psychos. Yeah, it's it's like incredibly disturbing. It's like it was designed to be the most disturbing thing that they could think of to do with this like technology that they that they invented for this movie. It's uh it's pretty messed up. And also for virtuoso filmmaking, you're like, boys, yeah. someone had a real weird day on set <laughs> with this. It was yeah. crazy. And yeah. then it's repeated again later on at the end of the movie. This process, this mo that the killer has uh, right. with a surprise, with a shocking twist. Right. Uh yeah so so that's like one of the main th- but there's another fucked up video that's also circulating. Well then around. they find that that's the video that Iris was trying to get to. Yeah, Lanny, this is the video they find li- that him and Mace find later and this that's after that's after the um because they get the tape and then the two cops yes that you saw at the beginning of the movie not dressed as cops but in their pickup truck now are like. Chasing. Hey, give us! Hey, give us that tape! And they're like, no. And then they get in the car, and Angela Bassett has a hilarious line where she's like, "Don't worry, it's bullet resistant." And he goes, "What happened to bulletproof?" Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. I like because it's true because they're shooting at them with machine, machine guns. guns, and he's like, "What happened to bulletproof?" Yeah, I, that chasing that chasing the docks is awesome too. All the action in this is awesome. The part the part <laughs> where he watches the 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 tape of bridge or of Iris in the car though. I love I love the, the like the more cornball noirish aspects of this movie because he watches the tape, he sees that she's dead, says to Mace, "That's Iris. They killed her. You know, blah 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 blah." 
and and she's like, "Are you sure?" And they're pull as they're pulling up to the hotel with her getting wheeled out on a gurney yeah. into the. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like it we're pretty fucking sure. Yeah. You know, it, I just I really love that touch. It's it such a great pretty bit. recently. What's the famous noir? The famous POV noir with Bogey, uh, uh, Lady in the Lake. Is it okay. uh, in a in a, des- in a in a desperate hour? Des- no, not no, desperate hours. In it's a, a desperate place or in a there's in a no, lonely place, in but a lon- that's not POV. No, that's not it's it. a fuck. Uh, Lady well, in the Lake is the POV noir. I don't think Bogart's in it. No, there's one with Bogart where it's oh, like... Oh, that's Dark Passage. Dark Passage, because he he, yeah. he's escaped. That's just the it, beginning part of that movie. Yeah, yeah, like but, that. yeah, but, that's, yeah. but that's like this. is like that. that and, and Zemeckis then ripped that off for a Tales yeah, yeah. Crypt episode. Oh. But Dark Passage is where he gets plastic surgery at the beginning. But yeah, he's like, I got plastic surgery, and then like when it's rev- and then when he reveals his face, it's bogey, and then the movie switches to regular Yeah, movie. yeah. <laughs> But noir wise, you got to pick up on South Street stuff where they're, fu- yeah. they're like people, like oh, incredibly yeah, yeah. shadowy forces are chasing after him because they have a, a essentially a, a, a MacGuffin that's yeah. like super power and like powerful fucked up people are after him and yeah. the plot's actually pretty complicated too like a noir like I well it's got that sure I fully we just have did my those lethals last for the Patreon and we were talking about how he's a big fan of these noirish plots where like you're he's Lenny's looking to find out what happened to his friend who's in trouble. <laughs> I mean, it turns into this whole vast conspiracy that connects everybody that he already knows. Right. Yeah. You know, it's very Shane Blackish in that way, where it's just sort of like, yeah. he is only after this one simple thing, and it turns out it's a part of a vast conspiracy that he has no idea, but he's already entangled in. Pick Up on but South Street it, is actually a really good comparison, yeah, because really good comparison. even the, even the uh, Richard Edson character is almost like the... Uh, Who's the lady in that? That's so great. Uh, the fuck, the old lady who's in Pick Up on South Street and like that murder scene, the horrifying murder scene where she gets. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, I can't, can't remember she's her in name. Tons of shit. But she's awesome and she, she's, she's, she has. She got this, an Academy Award nomination. Yeah, for that. she has this great scene where she's like essentially like not in the face or whatever because <laughs> oh, she yeah, knows this guy's in the hotel kill room. Her, you know, yeah, oh, so good. Anyway, but he, but I mean, Richard Edson isn't like that. Uh, heartbreaking, but it's like that. He's like that character who, like, you know, because Lenny's involved with this, because this girl dropped this tape for Lenny. Now everybody who Lenny knows is gonna get uh, get their brains fried. Talking about Gene <laughs> Peters, uh, uh, no, or Thelma Ritter. Thelma, Thelma Ritter. Ritter, yes, yeah. Thelma Ritter. So good. Any anyway. rules? <laughs> Pick up a South Street. Great movie. Yeah, yeah. check it out. It's on Criterion. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's that's the general plot, and that's and it gets more complicated than it needs to be because a lot of this shit's red herrings. Uh, it does. Uh, spoiler alert! I think we've already spoiled it, but it turns out Tom Sizemore is kind of manipulating all of this because he is the main bad guy, and he's and the, the guy who he's the guy who killed Iris. Yeah, he's kind of the central to all of this. He's not the main bad guy. He, no, the cops a, are the yeah, main bad guy. But I mean, he's, but he's doing some pretty bad shit. Yeah, he is, and he's also complicit in like. All of the he's other complicit bitch. in all that, but he's not doing he's not doing that shit. Like he killed Iris because he was being paid to follow her and cover up what she knew right. for Philo. Yeah. But he also did it because he likes to. Right. Yeah. He didn't have and to do just all the that psycho. Shit. Yeah. I mean, he he's doesn't like care. He doesn't care about, about the, the tape being exposed or anything. No. If and the tape, he if he killed her that way, and then the tape got exposed and he didn't he get caught, he he wouldn't, he wouldn't care. He wouldn't fucking blink. And he, and he certainly doesn't care about what happens to Philo because he kills Philo because he wants because he's having an affair with Faith. Yeah. And he also doesn't <laughs> care what's happened. What happens to, to uh, Jericho One yeah. or anybody? Yeah. It's a fun scene where he gets especially fun once he kind of know what the deal is where he gets uh, Ray Fiennes puts the squid on his head and shows him the fucked up rape video yeah. and he has to pretend to be like ooh I hated yeah. that that was yeah. a spicy meatball and, that's all and the then same he like scene. speculates about the, th- the like MO of the killer right. and right. he's talking about himself like I don't know man this well, guy's it, fucked up but uh, he also does the whole spiel he's like I've heard rumors about a death squad hardcore yep. right wing guys on the LAPD and it's like 
Well, that doesn't sound so crazy. He makes it sound like, a, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Well, yeah, but, but he makes it sound like it's a much vaster conspiracy. Mm-hmm. It's not actually vast. It's just these two feral cops just trying to suppress right. the one, the yeah. thing that they did. Although, not under know, orders from anybody Although we else. don't know exactly. We know that the commissioner's not in on it, but otherwise we don't we know. We don't know that oh. at that point, though. The, no, no, but I mean, by the at the end of the movie, we don't know that other cops also right. aren't Didn't like, help. Yeah. You know, we don't sure. know that but there it, aren't all the other cops aren't also going around. It does. It is like two bad apples, yeah, yeah. but also it's like... You know, well, uh, I, well, I mean, because the, the scene—I don't know if we because the scene, the like main video that they're after is a video of these cops essentially executing yeah, Jericho, Jericho One. one yeah. They they pull him over because they're like pulling over black guys. Yeah, it really reminded me of that that scene uh, in uh, uh, Widows. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's more like pointed and horrifying or whatever, but it's it had yeah. a very similar feel. Um, and he's given them a hard Jericho one's given them a hard time not only because he's been unlawfully you know right uh, harassed by these <laughs> these asshole police officers but because he's like fuck you you know I'm Jericho one don't you know who I am yeah. you know I have all this political capital yeah. and they're like well fuck you we're just gonna kill you and he's, they don't know they, like don't know yeah, they don't know Iris yeah he's I'm gonna call they, I'm gonna uh, rate you about I'm gonna make a song about you in my next record it's called <laughs> Robo Steckler yeah. yeah and all of his posse are laughing because they're like yeah. ah he's they're not gonna fucking kill him and they don't know that, I, that Iris has the squid on yes. her wig that because uh, Fi- Philo's order all of his people to like wear yeah, these she, uh, yeah. wear these squids. She, he wants he, to spy on Jericho. To, he wants to spy on all of his people. Yeah, and he's and he's hooked on the juice or whatever. It's so. complicated. <laughs> it's but as complicated as any film noir, where yeah. it's that kind of thing where yeah. like if you don't follow every plot plot thread, you're still gonna understand what's going on yeah. by the yeah, end, yeah. and you're gonna be able, able to be like, I I know what's going on. But it's just, yeah, it's every film noir is like that where you get to the end. Oh, you know, it's like uh, the fame what Raymond Chandler's famous line like, well, uh, what happened to this guy? And Raymond Chandler, who wrote the movie, is like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like who they asked him who who's the who's the killer in who's the big it? sleep, and yeah. he's like, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Stranded, I didn't feel the need to connect anything. Yeah. But this is some, <laughs> still during, a great movie though. During this Jericho one murder POV video, there's some more fun like. Uh, James Cameron type dialogue where uh, especially at these intense moments and stuff but the, uh, I think it's I can't remember it's Fickner or D'Onofrio or both but they everyone they keep referring to people as pukes it's, it's D'Onofrio mostly it's like, D'Onofrio because Fickner goes like he's that it's that rapper and he goes you're that rapper puke yeah, yeah. and he goes he, he's mad at him for like criticizing the police officers <laughs> mm. and he goes yeah. you're trying to rake the department over a cheese grater yeah <laughs> that's such a weird way of putting it and that turns up later on, like at the end, when they expose this footage to the right. world. Do you hear the line, trying to rake the department over a cheese grater? Yeah. You know, how people talk. Uh, it, is, it, was, it did make me think about how, like, in most Cameron things, uh, the cops are the bad guys. Yeah. Like, in, or, you know, the man of some sort. It's always it's cops. The man, it's the man and aliens. But even the Marines are, like, they're not good guys until they're, like, they're, like, still sort of, like, right. her adversary until they aren't. Right. <laughs> and, like, and in, you know, uh... The abyss, like the the bad guys in it, the guys who are going crazy are the fucking soldiers. No, it's institutions you know? are, are always bad. Yeah. It's individuals aren't bad. Yeah, right. But it's but it's always but the institutions are like you know generally in our world cops and military. I mean, in yeah. Avatar, the bad guys yeah. are the American military. With you know, they're they're owned, high, by, owned by a they're corporation. owned by a corporation. Yeah, they're yeah. mercenaries. It's the American military owned by a corporation now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, just it just in, you know. No, I'm, you're you're absolutely right. Maybe movie, true, not true lies, but the rest of them. <laughs> true lies. It's like no, no, these guys are good though. <laughs> it's a super secret shadowy organization. It's that the is Arab great. terrorists that are the yeah. Bad that's guys. Yeah. that's a. Listen um, to our Patreon. And, and the sleazy used car salesman. <laughs> the oh. sand spider. It's probably because it sounds, sounds scary. scary. <laughs> it's a great Listen line. to the Patreon episode. There's a lot of good dialogue in that movie, too, I might add. <laughs> there is. There is. 
it's a real mixed bag. Like all these. There's good plays. dialogue in this one. Too. There is. Uh, I like this part. Like he um he f- he comes across the person that finally when they got their brain fried because if you turn I don't know what the it's term tick. That they tick. Use. Richard Edson's character Tick. Yeah, and who is hippie from uh, Hip- the no, that's, no, that's no, that's no, different. That's no, guy. it's Richard Edson. He's from like uh, the he's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris he's Bueller's the garage attendant. He's in. Uh, that's right. They're both, but they're both kind of like Howard similar characters. Yeah, yeah. He's in Strange Stranger Than Paradise. Oh, that's right. Okay, Richard Edson would be. He's in Platoon too. He would be. Uh, he would be played by Giovanni Ribisi today. He's, yeah. he's like <laughs> yeah. twitchy, like, hey, man, I'm a fucking hey, character man, just like this. Giovanni Ribisi was still playing uh, teenagers at this point, so he couldn't play that role yeah, yet. That's right. right. Not old enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he gets he's, he knows stuff. He's seen the bad tape, and then they, they come across him, and he's he's had his brain fried. He's not dead, so he can't get him for murder. But you see but it's from his gone. POV, and it's all like staticky. And Which happens a couple times. So, out. Yeah. Rape Fine says his frontal lobes are like two runny eggs. I like that line. Wow. It's good. I like it's that. very it's descriptive line. and gross. That's that's a noir And he says it in his weird Lenny Nero American accent, his frontal lobes are like two runny eggs. <laughs> uh, it's not great, but he's but he's great. I'm not complaining. He's great. I think his accent is bad. Totally is fine. I don't think it's bad. It's not. I've, I didn't. I mean, I would not say it's accurate, but it's not like distractingly awful. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, you guys have been watching that Kate Winslet show on HBO? Yeah. Oh, I want to. It looks She's good. got the Delco, the Delaware County accent. I don't know how much time you guys have spent in fucking Pennsylvania, but. Uh, She's she's so close, but oh. it's, it's not right. There was a whole article about how actors just don't dare try that. Accent. It's so hard. Look, yeah. dude, I lived there for years and I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's so specific, and she's she's getting there. It's so close, man. It's so close, but she can't do it just quite right. It's awesome. Good water. show too. No, it's water. Yeah, water. You got a water. Water royce. Yeah. Mm. Get down. Get some water royce. Gotta go. Gotta go down the ocean. Get down the ocean. Royce. Get some water royce there. Yeah. Uh, use guys. Use. <laughs> And everybody's drinking. Young, everybody's drinking Youngling on that show. It's making me real thirsty for Youngling. That's my college beer. They're all eating crab chips. Oh, don't even get me started. Where's that? Uts? Give me a bag of Uts. They don't there. have. They don't do the crab chips, but they do spend a lot of time in Wawa on this show too. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They go to the Wawas. I'm, I'm very into it. I don't know what that means. If it's a, it's a it's okay. convenience store chain. Oh, okay. While we're on digressions, just while I'm bitching about um, uh, bitching, and maybe maybe you guys will disagree, which would be interesting. But I just watched that uh, Tom Clancy action movie. Loved that movie. Great. Um, but Billy Elliot does, <laughs> does a fucking incredible American He's accent. Pretty good, it's yeah. like flawless. Yeah, like you would never know. Obviously. Except yeah. it's Billy Elliot, so you know it's right. I know Billy Elliot. I loved that English movie, boy. But he he does a really he, and he doesn't like a lot of English people or Australians or whatever will like use a key like an affectation as a key to get there. He doesn't. And do he that. doesn't do that. It just sounds like an American accent. Good movie, and and I like that movie so much because it was like pure. No subtext, just like 90s style. It's 90s style. Revenge movie. The plot is so fucking that shit, dumb. That shit when he's in the prison cell and the guys are like, we're coming in. And he's like, all right, give me a sec. And he just like takes off his shirt, <laughs> soaks it in the water, wraps yeah. it around his hand. You're like, let's go, <laughs> it's the please. Best part. The best part is when, <laughs> is when he kidnaps the Russian dude, sets his car on fire and oh, gets in the car. Yeah. Oh, man. With that remorse, you should watch it. It's really fun. Very it's, fun. It's stupid as shit, it's but it's a great fun, action yeah. movie. Good Speaking action. of cars on fire. It's, it's if, right. if Killmonger yeah. was a good guy i mean that's the whole thing <laughs> i love that killmonger but what if he was good jordan's great in it, it? Yeah. anyway so yeah back to strange anyway, days. so strange days everything's building up to a fever pitch there's like this kind of uh, it's not quite end of the world sort of thing but if it's just sort of like if we don't get this right then well, everything's gonna go culminating bad. at the new year's celebration in the middle of fucking downtown la yeah. thousands of people there's military presence there there's cops all over the place every third car in the world is on fire and <laughs> and we know we know that uh that philo is up with faith at the penthouse suite of the hilton yep overlooking all this and um, why are we going to see Philo? 
Uh, he thinks that Philo is yeah. like uh, central to the whole thing. He thinks yeah. Philo is the It's a bad classic guy. film noir right. sort of diversion. So he goes up to the hotel room, and this is after uh, after uh, Angela Bassett has called him a dumb pussy whipped motherfucker, mm-hmm. and she's like, "You know, you're walking into a trap right now." And he's kind of, he's basically like, "Yeah, I know, but I'm gonna do it anyways because it's a movie." And he goes up there, and he see, and he's like, sees that shit's gone bad, and he sees a body that's been covered with a sheet, and he's like deathly afraid that it's Juliet Lewis, and he's like, "Oh, uh, oh no!" Well, because he oh, watched actually, he, before, no, he before just that watched, happens. He just watched Yes, the, the video. He of finds her. a squid that, that's been well, presented for him. Most of the him. video, anyway. Yeah, he's. St- <laughs> this is this is the funniest part. Well, I don't know. Your mileage may vary. Funny. I don't know I if think it's, it's funny. Funny. I don't think it's like. I, I don't know. I mean, eight millimeter. Maybe the reactions. I don't think it's quite like eight millimeter because nothing it's in eight like millimeter that. you can take seriously. And this one, it's more horrifying. What's it happening? Is. But, then, but because has he also given eight millimeter? You're like this isn't this yeah. isn't in any way real. And this one, you're like, eh, yuck. Has he also <laughs> given Mace the tape to give to Strickland at this point? Yeah, and she goes she goes into the bathroom to try and like get it to try to. But she but one thing he says to her in, in addition to his ass is so tight when he farts only dogs can hear it. He says if there's one guy on the LA. PD that's that's not dirty. Yeah, it's, it's, that one, it's that one guy. Because this guy hates Lenny and is the guy who kicked him off the force for being allegedly corrupt. He's a real ponce. Yeah, but he's and a it's good jo- man. It's Joseph Summer, longtime character actor Joseph Summer. Her scene yeah. where she goes to give it to him in the bathroom and he's like, he's like basically like, what Take are you doing away. here? Take her away. And she's like, yeah, that's what I fucking thought or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Because she's basically like, I don't want to go fucking talk to a cop. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Ray finds up in the hotel room. He, the squid with a pre-recorded video has been presented for him. He puts it on, and he sees the same thing happen in the previous video, where Juliet Lewis, like the the killer, comes up behind Juliet Lewis, yeah. like grabs her. Ta- I don't know if you remember if he tastes her, but he throws her on a bed, and he does the whole <laughs> thing where he like brings the knife, he brings the box cutter knife out, he puts the belt around her neck, and at this point, Ray finds goes, ah, I can't take it. Throws the thing down, and then uh, he so he's assumed that she's been killed. Goes over, sees the body underneath the sheet, pulls it off, and it's, it's Michael Leacock. Yeah, so that's Philo. not what he was expecting. No. Goes back, puts the thing on <laughs> yeah. to finish up the video, and this is where you get him like it's it's very, he thinks it's very disturbing, and he's going he's like writhing around the room, stumbling. He's, yeah, he yeah. hugs he hugs a teles- telescope at one point. Should be a giant like, teddy bear. Ah, ah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I think it's very funny. It's, it's super weird, and just the idea of him having to shoot this on that day, like. All right, Rafe, just stagger around. And you're, go, watching, ah! you're watching the love of your life ah! maybe be raped and murdered in front of you. <laughs> exactly. But uh, at the end of the video, uh, he does not uh, kill her, and uh, they both seem to finish. And he takes his belt off, and he looks in the mirror, and you see that it's Tom Sizemore fucking her. And then Juliette Lewis goes, I love you, Max. Yeah, Max, then, that's his name. Max, I love you. <clears throat> and then he pulls oh, it off, and then Max is in the mirror there. Yeah. Ooh, so this is a very disturbing development. This is like a it's thing a that, they both, that they both yep. like. Oh, it's a great cut. Because the shot is not like a PO. It's a POV shot, but like he looks over to his side and you see Max full body like because the closet has a mirrored yeah. doorway. Yeah. And then it cuts to the room. same mirror and there's Max in it. It's great. It's just gun, like before the devil plan. knows you're dead when he's when uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> is fucking Marissa Tomei and looking at himself in the mirror. Wouldn't is it you? just like that? <laughs> Yeah, That's what I want to look at when I'm fucking Marissa Tomei is myself. <laughs> Let me see myself. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, and so that's not great for for Rafe or anybody. No. And then and that, that that's that when bad guys pop up and start explaining their story, it's quintessential uh, bad guy stuff. And 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 he even has a, a line <laughs> where it's like, "Hey, don't let a friendship uh, make you think that uh, I'm gonna go easy on you. Hey, it's nothing personal. All that sort of stuff." Uh, but at one point, he goes, uh, "I feel." <laughs> 
for because I feel like I got to tell someone because it's just too perfect. <laughs> oh, man, my plan is so good. I'm going to tell you the whole it's, thing. It wasn't even his it's plan, just though. It's just like he, he managed to manipulate the situation to his own advantage. He likes being a part of a great fucked up plan or whatever. He, yeah. he explains, explains the whole thing to him, and then Juliet Lewis shows up, and she's like, I'm also sorry for bad guy. And, uh, <laughs> I'm also a bad guy, too. Max, I'm pretty fucked up. <laughs> this this movie, I think Juliette Lewis girl. is absolutely awesome in this. I mean, yeah. she's, this is like second-tier Mallory Knox, but it's like up yeah, there, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does fit nicely in a line of <laughs> very troublesome women that she was playing it's the at the time. the Juliette Lewis character. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and by the way, if we hadn't pointed it out, uh, if you... Want to see Juliet? She's Lewis extremely naked, naked she's in this naked movie. Most of the oh time. yeah, yeah. Even yeah. a lot of times she's wearing clothes. She's basically naked. Yeah. Uh, there's the part when he's like talking to her in the mirror, and she just like takes her top off and starts rubbing oil all over her boobs, yep. and you're like, Jesus yeah. Christ! Well, she's trying to fuck with him, you know. I know. And I, I'm just saying, it's just a yeah. lot to she's, see. She's very naked in the movie. Yes. Uh, this movie's got all kinds of shit like that. This is yeah. a fucking Five Douglas movie. Spoiler mm-hmm, alert. Mm-hmm. But we haven't done one in a while. It's kind of exciting yeah. to be back in the Five Douglases again. <laughs> Uh yeah, and then and then there's action climax, and uh, Rafe struggles with Tom Sizemore. It's a fun little scene where he's been stabbed in the back. Yeah. Sizemore is hanging from his. He's tie. got the box cutter that that Tom oh, Sizemore knife. used. Oh, yeah. is it a knife? It's a a knife. I thought it was the back. The no, box cutter. No, he stabs cutter. him with a knife. That would be like more, you know. Yeah. That would ec- that would rhyme better. That would rhyme a little bit better. But also, but I don't think you can. I don't know if you. Can, it wouldn't. It would just snap off. Way. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it would fall uh, out or whatever. <laughs> it would hurt and then be like, ow, and fall. But out. he's got him by the tie, hanging out of the window. And been like, they've always joked about his ties, so yeah. it like comes ah, you're back fucking to coming with me, Lenny. I'm yeah. bringing you down. I'm taking you with me. This taking is cool shit. Me. He pulls the knife out of his bag, ah, and yeah. then cuts the tie off. And it's great. Tom Sizemore plummets to his. In deck. a very good decelerator shot, where you can see the cable. Yeah. Oh yeah. He really can. Um, but and it's you that, know. So that wraps up that element of the story, and then meanwhile, you get the climax of the movie. Matt's favorite thing. <laughs> well, meanwhile, Mace is, is out in the in the crowd. Mace has to fight Philo's goons one more time, which is really yeah, funny. Which is this good. shit's crazy. The first time the when she fights Philo's goons is great, and I'm like, is that fucking Nicky Cat with like weird <laughs> weird tattoos on his oh, head? He's yeah. got a bald cap and a I tattoo on his head. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've tried to find a we tried to find a. a a bigger woman to fight you, but we couldn't. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's an albino. Like the, she beats the shit out of his goons but, again. But she beats the shit out of him in the kitchen, and then she pulls a gun on that on that lady, and she's like, "Enjoy the party." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like it's like she's, it's, it's like rules. it's like such a funny anticlimax where she's like, "Well, I'm not like I'm not willing to die for this job." Yeah. <laughs> And so the 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 rest of the events in this movie take place in this giant you know da- you know how da- the New downtown Year's Eve. how downtown L A is party central yeah. famously people hang out in downtown L A all the time well uh, there's on like New Year's a, Eve I guess but they have Y two K man it's Y two K I mean that's the thing too also this whole last hour of this movie is almost in real time yeah it's yeah. like there's a clock at the beginning and it's like it's like ten minutes off or something so yeah. it's not quite real time but it's like pretty close the clock is one of my favorite little touches in this movie yeah. Because I also like the way it counts the seconds. It's very Cameron-y. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> very detailed. Well, it's important. In, it's actually important because it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, so yeah. it's like you count. You know, you count down the seconds in New Year's exactly. Eve. Exactly. <laughs> and all of this stuff is like uh, shot, or all this like the last fifteen minutes of the movie is. There's a thousand extras. I don't know least. how the fuck they shot this. It's uh, insane. There's like a graf- this cool like huge confetti raining down on everything. Yeah. Lights everywhere. It's fucking spectacular. It's amazing. It must have just cost a goddamn fortune. I don't know how they did this. 
Yeah. yeah well, you, I mean, you got the clout. You got Cameron Clout. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, he, Working he, for a studio, he, Fox. He can get money, and uh, Bigelow's no slouch. At the, you know, I mean, she'd done some. This hits is like so a I think sixty were, million dollar movie when it came out too no, in the nineties. That's insane. I'm just saying that's the kind lost, of that's the kind of budget fortune. Cameron can pull. No, I know. Can pull. It's just like uh, it's just I don't know how you wrangle a scene like that. It's that's crazy. It's a, it's one of those miracle movies where you're like I'm like that they're they're like you're like I can't, I can't believe, believe they bankrolled this, but I'm so glad they did. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so Mace is being Mace is being chased by the cops through the crowd at some yes. point, mm-hmm. and they're sh- they're just Vince D'Onofrio is just fucking shooting at her. He's shooting, just he's he's shooting just, random people. He's just randomly shooting people. He probably shoots eight or nine people, <laughs> just people in the crowd. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, she she ends up dis she ends up disarming them. She's got the drop on them basically. Yeah, she she disarms them and like handcuffs them together into like this this some scaffolding or whatever. And then, then a bunch of other cops come over and are like, "Hey, stop fucking with those cops!" And then start beating start the shit out of her. And then, and the, that's and the, then and the crowd. The, and then that's the Rodney King shot right yeah, there. Yeah, and just, they really are wailing on her. It's just the Rodney King uh, video footage. For and then a the crowd starts jumping on. Then there's the a cops. riot. That, as Eber points out is, in his review, is kind of funny. It's like he—I mean—he loves this movie. He's like, he's like, there is a part where like a riot starts and then just conveniently stops pretty quickly. And you're like, yeah, that is true. Riots don't usually just stop that. Like a riot, a riot will—if the people start rioting, then more people start rioting. It doesn't like, ah, we're rioting. Okay, we're stopping. Yeah, we're done. We got it out of our system real quick. This is the end time. It's starting to look like the end time <laughs> scenario that's been pro- pro- uh, prognosticated. Someone earlier on has said, like maybe 20 minutes before this is said, this is the concern. 200 thousand gangbangers will spread like a wave through this city and burn it to the fucking ground right. and it seems like that's starting to happen now well so. that's what they're afraid of also if like the tape gets out there like some people yes. are saying we shouldn't give this to the cops no one can see this if they see what happens to jericho one you know it'll be chaos there'll yeah. be riots they'll burn the city to the ground jeez wow whoa weird hey do you remember a couple of weeks ago <laughs> when that fucking cop who killed uh who killed george floyd was about to get convicted of uh, of his crimes and people were like Let's batten down the hatches. <laughs> yep. Fucking goddammit. Yeah. Anyway. Changes. Anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so. Uh, and so basically all of this chaos has stopped when the uh, the guy who who farts like a dog whistle. <laughs> Strickland, yeah. Uh, <laughs> comes out and he's and he's looking at the cops very disappointed well, in he them. He goes, sir, like Vincent D'Onofrio stands up and he's like, that is the cause of this. He points at Mace and he's just like, this is all her fault. She is the reason why this is happening. And then Strickland just holds up the tape. Mm-hmm. And shows it to Arrest him. He plays. Men. He plays the clip of him going like, "You're trying to rape this department over a cheese grater." Arrest these <laughs> men. Get to hear that line You're under it. arrest, or You're, whatever. Yeah. At which point, Justice. William Vigner shoots himself in the mouth. And yeah. Dies. And so Vincent D'Onofrio has no choice. He feels except to uh, except to try to shoot uh, except to try to shoot Mace again. He grabs a gun off of one of the off of Vigner. Yep. And tries to shoot her, but the other cops kill him first. Right. And you, get, and you get the like staring through the brow Kubrick shot of him when he rises up yeah. to shoot her, where he looks just like Private Pyle at the end. The uh, classic. The least realistic part at the end of this uh, is how the cops uh, don't just shoot her. Right. And the most realistic part is how long it takes the other cops to shoot him. Because <laughs> it takes them a long time. They're like, drop the gun! J- drop it! Yeah, yeah. You put the gun down! Hey, buddy, yeah. we don't want to do this to you, and you clear... You just put it down! And you're like, just... You guys could have. You guys could have probably yeah, shot him. Yeah. By that now. is realistic, though. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's the most. Cop. That's the yeah. most realistic part. Right. But this is the last thing that he says before he gets mowed down, and I feel like it's important. I'm not going to say it all the way, but he no. says, "You fucking n-word, bitch." Yep. And then they mow him down. Yeah. And you're like, God damn. Yep. Yeah. And uh, but and it's then, not over yet. Yeah. 
That's yeah, true. Be- the best part of the movie is about to happen. I do love this part. Go on. Well, the end of the first New Year's Eve happens. Yeah. First, you know, then the clock the hits world 12. Doesn't and, end. and everybody is celebrating and happy. And there's confetti everywhere. There's like all these great shots of people in the crowd. There's this weird shot. Where, like there's the, the guy with the M16, the soldier with the M16, and this girl's like hugging him and stuff. Prong is playing. Right. <laughs> Skank Anise or whatever. Skunk Nancy. Skunk yeah. Nancy is playing. No white clouds in my blue sky. <laughs> Cool. Uh, the, yeah, it's like it, the pop culture was taken over by slam poetry in this alternate future. Everybody right. watched that HBO slam poetry show, and it became an entire phenomenon. <laughs> uh, but then, then basically, like Strickland is is saying, like, we know you guys have to come down and answer a couple of questions. You know, you're not under arrest, but we have to take you away. To well, that's what he what's going when on. he goes, they're gonna. No, we're not. We're okay. We're not under arrest or anything. They're just gonna question us for about six hours. Yeah. <laughs> Juliet <laughs> Lewis is being put in a cop car. Yep. Yeah. I'm she's not quite she's sure being what her arrested. Crime is. She's. She was in one. Of, she was in some of those video, the POV. They're going to want to talk to her. Talking to her. Yeah, she's clearly. She does look like she's going. She's, she's culpable. Very sad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she knows what she knows what's going. She knows on. what she did. Yeah. They, they, you know, they sort of, they, you know, they, they, they hug and they say, okay, well, look, I'll see you. I'll see you on the other side of this, you know, and and they they get put into separate cars. Well, he's going. To, they're about to get. He's put going into to an cars. ambulance because he was. Stabbed. He was all stabbed, and, <laughs> <laughs> and he almost he like falls down. There's a scene where you think he's going to die for a second, and he doesn't. Yeah. Another yeah. Uh, echoes of another one of Matt's uh, favorite movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's like exactly. the end of Lethal Weapon. It's too. just like the end of Lethal Weapon yeah. too. <laughs> But uh, I actually I do watch the end credits of this over and over again whenever I watch the movie, just like Lethal Weapon too. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so but then uh, you know as she's being taken away in this car and he he's going into the ambulance. The you know like the music comes up. It's this, it's this really good song and and uh, they come back together. He finds her car in the crowd and it's like pounding on the door and she opens the door. She gets out and they kiss. Yeah. And at the very end of the movie, the clock comes up and it's like twelve oh three a.m. and it just pans up into the sky yep. and. It's so good. It's so cathartic and so powerful every, time, every single time I watch it. Here's the reason I think that this movie is so great and why I think it works. That, you know, it seems we've talked about we've talked about uh, accountability and like like things like that on this podcast before, like with Manchurian Candidate, where it seems naive, where the right thing is done and people are held accountable for their crimes. This isn't. This doesn't quite go that far. No, it doesn't. But I mean, we've talked about that before, and I know that there are people out there who think that the end of this movie is kind of cripplingly naive because the cops do the right thing. Yeah, and I understand that. I'm. I'm not going to disagree with that. That point of view. My. What I love about this is that you never, you never see these noirish films and you certainly never see like future dystopia sci-fi noirs that are about the characters choosing to do the right thing not being forced to but choosing to and there's a literal big fat metaphor for it in the clock which resets to zero at the at the end of this movie oh wow okay it's about zeroing the counter. It's about yeah. we are choosing to start over with each other together again now, yeah. right now. And I find that really cathartic in the face of this movie's other great stylistic accomplishment, which is the what, what may have seemed unusual at the time. I certainly didn't register it when I saw this as a teenager, but I see it now. But this movie exists in this state of near chaos that for the characters is nominal it's how things always are and i think that we're getting to that that apathy for that now like as a country now we all feel like everything's chaotic all the time certainly it has been for the last few years yeah 
And so I think that this movie really recreates that emotional state and sort of resolve in the way that it does with this idea that there's actually a way out of this, that there's hope that we can start over, I think is really powerful. You can sit there and say it's hopelessly naive, and maybe it is, but that's what movies are for. I would, it, it chooses to be about the possibilities yes. rather than realities. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think in a movie that's only about its ideas or something that, that sure. is dumb. So it's it's a. I wouldn't know it's hopelessly naive, but it is a corny romance, which is what Cameron traffics in. Yes, I mean, true. this this ending is the same as the ending. My my favorite part of Avatar. With oh. the abyss, but my favorite oh, part, yeah, the Avatar, when the big blue ladies holding the little man. Oh yeah, oh, perfect. Wow. <laughs> and that's also a like giant that part, metaphor that part, for that the part whole movie. Gets, yeah, I mean that, but that part gets me every time where it's like, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. The first yeah, but time, this, but those the ending of this movie have ever say, touched each other. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's amazing. Yeah. And this is, and their their relationship is so uh, is built in such a subtle way throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. Like it's like, like Travis said, like she's like mad at him, and you're like, yeah. why is he gonna keep this guy around? And then you find out, but it's not. The, when the, so when the kiss happens, it's actually this like you're like ah yes. yes like a lot yeah. of times in movies like this, I don't want the right, right. to have a romantic thing. But in this one, it's when refreshing they kiss, when they you're don't. Like, yeah. You're like yes, thank God, fuck, all right, yeah, good. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. I love I love the end of it. It's powerful. It makes up for what what few cosmetic flaws some of the some of this elements of the movie have. Although- Sid Mead directed or uh, it designed the squid. Yeah, the squid hat. <laughs> I Which just, I think looks. I think is a cool sci-fi prop. It's just. It's like. It's one of those where you go like, "That's a sci-fi the only, prop." The in only thing that's weird about the squids to me is the scene where he's ex- describing the squids to the kid who he wants to go fuck that girl for a, for a clip because the kid has this like luxurious yeah. curly hair and it's and he's putting a, this ugly ass wig on him. And it's just like this is terrible. This poor kid. <laughs> he, and he goes, "I hope the well the shit in your hair that you put in your hair, all the hair product doesn't interfere with the receptors." <laughs> Uh, a couple lines. I said a bunch of them already. This movie's got a lot of crazy lines in it, but the, there's, this is from a song, the Skunk Anise song. Uh, I don't recall what the title of it is, but uh, it's just like you don't hear a whole lot of it, but one very prominent line of line from the song is, Smelly fingers from the sex. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like at the very beginning of the movie. You're like, okay, well, here we go. Smelly, It's actually smelly fingers from the sex you had on Christmas Day. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus. Again, Christ. I think that this the the like soundtrack to this is like uh, I had the soundtrack. I think it like works in the the world that the the 1999 that this created where like this was the popular music. Yeah. I don't think the music is good necessarily, right. but I think that it's like it's of a piece. You're like, yeah, this is the music of this world. Yeah, it yeah. feels right. Even more so than like when in the Matrix when he's just going to a club and Dracula's it's like playing. Dracula. You're like, no, I don't know. I mean, but that was trying to trick us into, you know, that was right, right. before we were red pilled or blue pilled or whatever. Uh <laughs> uh, this is the part where uh, he's talking. Uh, Ray Fiennes is talking to Michael Wincott, and Michael Wincott this is towards the beginning. Michael Wincott oh, is being dismissive of him. And he's oh, like, Lenny, Lenny, why don't you try to sell me some of your shitty wares or whatever? And he goes, "I wouldn't sell you the sweat off a dead dog's balls." Mm. Man, he doesn't like that guy at all. <laughs> sell him the sweat off a dead dog's balls. I like Just uh, sell it to him. There's a scene where Tom Sizemore is like. Uh, is trying to explain something to Philo. He's like, okay, Philo, so uh, look, here's, uh, I got the thing and blah, blah, blah. And Philo's like, we'll talk about it later, baby. <laughs> Tom Sizemore is like, all right, Philo, yeah, okay, so uh, what I was going to say was, look, man, I only say things one time, so we'll talk about that later, okay? Oh, sure, Philo, sure, okay. It's weird. <laughs> I love Michael Wincott. I, he always makes me happy whenever he shows up. He fucking rules. Brother so what's, Jeff. What's it from Mr. Show? Uh, Johnny One Time or whatever? <laughs> he always said, he called that because he always said things one time. <laughs> I'm going to go get the papers. What What was that? 
And he just stares at him <laughs> <laughs> from Pally's. From Pally's. Yeah, uh, uh, well, ratings. Uh, I mean, four and a half, if not five, Judds. Well, make I think a choice. This is, I think this yeah, is you like gotta make a, choice. a masterpiece. I think the last time I rated it on Letterboxd, I gave it four and a half. Uh, but I mean, I might as well give it five. Yeah. I think it's, there we go. I think it's pretty flawless because it's flawed. Like I like its messiness, and uh, I mean, it's it's so intense and it's so perfectly realized. Like I've, uh, how do you do a script like this? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody puts the script in your desk, and nobody. I mean, I can't see Cameron doing this, like you said. <laughs> I mean, I could see him making it, but it wouldn't be as good. No, no, no. no. I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's so confident, and you know, coming off of Point Break and an episode of Wild Palms. <laughs> uh, Ooh, I love. The best episode of Wild Palms that has the shootout in it to set the House of the Rising Sun. Of course, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like I think it's I think it's a, a total masterpiece. Yeah, I love it. And I love like I like I said a minute ago, I like I love how hopeful and 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 cathartic it is. I think it's just absolutely brilliant. I can't believe I hated it when I when I saw it as a kid, but it's just my it was just me being stupid and not really appreciating what was in front of me. Hey, it was the 90s. It was, yeah. yeah. We were all <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, this is a year after Pulp Fiction. It was, if it wasn't Pulp Fiction, I didn't like it. I mean, that's we were kinda, all fucked that's up from the OJ true. trial. Yeah. yeah, we were all <laughs> Right? Yeah. That trial essentially really rattled oh, us. Oh, man. Uh, it's funny though. I mean, like I watched, I hated it in the theater, but then it, like as soon as it came out on video, I watched it again and was like, "You know, I didn't hate it as much." And I just kept watching it until I loved it. <laughs> So maybe I tricked myself. Anyway, it's a masterpiece. Five Juds. Five Douglases. Of course. Yeah. Not just for the copious amount of <coughs> Juliet Lewis nudity, but all of Lots the of other all nudity. of the dirty talk and the other nudity it's and just, the I mean, horrifying yeah. assault sequence. It's got it all. Uh, Brian De Palma in his wildest dreams hasn't done <laughs> shit that's as fucked up as some of the things in this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe not in his wildest dreams, but <laughs> no, I'm know. sure he's had some pretty fucked up dreams. <laughs> Holy cow! Holy mackerel! Holy mackerel! Uh, so yeah, five five Douglases, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, oh man, what am I gonna give it? Uh, ten out of ten uh, knives in the back. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a metaphor it, and a useful problem. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an official score of four Juds because this is a f- fucking amazing. Everybody needs to see it. People put a lot of work into it. Catherine Bigelow directed the shit out of it. Not it's easy a to see too. Can't stream it anywhere. It's uh, it, insanely not available un- on anything but shitty DVD. It's for the size yeah. and scale and ambition of this movie. It's insanely underseen yeah. and undervalued. I paid through the nose to get a Region B Blu-ray of this movie. Wow, because I'm a fan. But I watched that the other day. These Cameron, what's the fucking deal with this Cameron Fox? The Lightstorm DVDs, stuff. Lightstorm shit not being on. I know. Oh, this, not, the even, Abyss not even and True being Lies. an anamorphic DVD, just know, not weird. even on fucking Blu-ray. Uh, weird. You know, let alone Blu-ray. Just even a even a, a bonus features free DVD that's anamorphic would yeah. be better than the what we've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just keep re-releasing that Abyss two disc set in different packaging. Yeah, <laughs> crazy idiots. <sighs> uh, but I but my feelings about it are more of a three Judd sort of thing. I've never been able to really love this movie. There's uh, it's. It's kind of a bummer, and for all the way, ways that we explained, uh, a lot of stuff irritates me about it. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just sort of a drag. And as an action, you don't movie, like that Vincent D'Onofrio gets killed at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? man, yeah. that's the good guy. That's the best guy. What are we doing here? Uh, but just like a lot of the the basis, like the the big set piece action movies, are these POV shots that I think are technically incredible. They're just not my sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, just sort of watching it as an action movie, um, it just doesn't have the fireworks. And so and even watching it this time where I was, I'm going like, God damn, this movie. I'm also just sort of not loving it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I am going to give it five fucking Douglases. There's no way around it. I mean, my God. Yeah. yeah. There's even a whole scene 
<laughs> this is just a- apropos of nothing where you just see an, uh, an example of what Ray Fiennes sells and it's just some guy at a bar that he's showing these two women, just oh, yeah. these two big titty yeah, yeah, naked yeah. ladies oiled up sucking each other's <laughs> boobs. It's like, Jesus. I like, really cu- I like how it cuts then, to the guy yeah. watching it and he's just like, yeah. Oh, I'm a girl. I'm a girl. <laughs> then there's a scene where he's talking to the, there's a scene where he's talking to the girl one of the girls in it, and he's like, "You gotta." He's like, "Next time you do it, you gotta, you gotta uh, act with your eyes more. <laughs> yeah, you gotta yeah. look looking the, around. You gotta so stop much. looking around so much. You gotta look at the camera." Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's an example of of exposition. That's how you direct done in a good way, though. Faster, you know? more intense. Could <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, faster, more intense? Uh, and I'm gonna give uh, it ten out of ten pairs of rollerblades. Nice. Yeah. That, yeah. that rollerblade scene is very good. Rollerblades ain't going out of style. I'll tell you that much. Never. <laughs> not not maybe, in America. Maybe not by 1999. But I don't know. Somehow, either. even in my youth, I managed to hate a movie that had that scene in it. Oh my god! I had a big crush on Juliette Lewis too. I was like, how did I not like this? this well, movie? Juliette so Lewis is. Was, uh, it was uh, 94 was Natural Born Killers. Yep. This was 95. And then uh, From Dust Till Dawn was like January 96. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a so, run. Yeah. Uh, I'm going five Judds. I love it. I love I love the future noir shit. I love that it's like the closest to a William Gibson novel, is my opinion, we're going to get. It's the closest to them making Frank Miller and Jeff Darrow's hard-boiled into a movie mm. that we're going to get. Uh, it just has this great. I don't know. I just love the tone and everything. I love everything about it. So five, five Judds, five Douglases because of everything that is nasty in it. It's a nasty movie. <laughs> hard, hard to watch at times, but, but totally worth it. A nasty movie. It's nasty. It's nasty, nasty, nasty. And I'm gonna give it two bad apples. Ah, oh, that's yes. good. <laughs> good job. I approve. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on, and hopefully at a at a clip. At a clip. <laughs> So, you know. Hey, you know, fortunately, there's uh, there ain't that much to talk about. We don't about talk about absolute two. masterpieces no. too often. <laughs> That's true. Which is why we're going to talk about another one right now. Oh. His name is Sid. Sid 6.7. Sadistic. Intelligent. Dangerous. Computer composite of 183 serial killers. You see, in your world, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but in my world, killing. I have to shut you down. I will not be shut down. But now, he's leaving the virtual world for hours. Welcome to the real world. I think I'm gonna like it here. We're gonna talk about 1995's Virtuosity, which, I mean, this is a terrible movie, but if you haven't seen it, I strongly urge you to stop what you're doing right now and watch Virtuosity. It's on Amazon Prime, and it is one of the funniest fucking movies you will ever see in your life. And it does have, regardless of, of its many stupid flaws, which, which, are, which are myriad, <laughs> it has a tremendous mega performance from Russell Crowe. Oh, absolutely. And this was like this was like early performance. Early Crowe. This was pre- Pre-LA Confidential. LA Confidential. So Post-Romper Stomper. Yeah, so this was like him, like, this was him, this is him like going like, I bet I'm going to try and just knock this so fucking out of the park that they won't be able to forget me, even though this movie is Garbage. <laughs> they really. And thought- Denzel's doing because Denzel's playing the opposite. Denzel's like, I'm going to play this. I'm so I'm little. Dignified. People won't even, maybe not even know. Denzel I'm in it. asleep at the switch <laughs> in this one. 
He's not even the worst. I mean, he's not the worst in it. The, unfortunately, but. he he shares almost no scenes with Russell Crowe. Right. Instead, he's playing off Kelly Lynch, who is very bad and and has nothing to do. And Second Kelly really? Lynch performance we've seen in a couple episodes where you're just sort of like, I don't know if she's made for this business. Yeah, she was I, fine I as the wife in Heaven's Prisoners who gets killed 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Is she wearing a wig in, in I don't this? Because it looked like either they cut her hair in such a way that it looks like she's wearing a wig or she's wearing a wig that is not very convincing. Bad. She's know. also kind of like Desperate Hours once again done no favors by the way her yeah. character's written to yeah, yeah. her. Oh, character yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Her character's written as kind of like steely and in charge until her kid gets kidnapped to which point she turns into a Ooh. weep loopy. Save my baby! She's a, she's a Kaylee prop. Cuoco too from the Big yeah. Bang Theory. Is Kaylee Cloaca? Yeah. yeah. Kaylee Cloaca, <laughs> yes. The, uh, the, uh, You've transitioned into a junior high school bully right. who just like picks on people <laughs> for their weird names. Hey, that's what I was. <laughs> uh, I still have some of that lunch money. But, uh, also, the real star of this movie is the cutting-edge VR effects Ugh. from director Brett Leonard, who also brought you such gems as The Lawnmower right. Man and Hideaway, a movie we should check out one time, which it's is really funny. bad. It's funny as filmography is all... This shit. This shit. And then, like, one one thing he did for IMAX, but it's like a CG uh, dinosaur thing for IMAX. So it's he like started totally doing other shit, like, it. in the late 90s, early 2000s, I mean, like, not but not lot. in a long time. Yeah. Not a lot he of also did a He also did a Peter Gabriel music video... Which with the tons of CGI in it. Yeah. It's called like The Frog or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And, we need to and Peter f- Gabriel does a song at the end of this movie. Uh-huh. And, and Strange Days. At the end of Strange and Days. At the end of Strange Days. Yeah. A lot yeah. of stuff. There's like, all these oh, I forgot like to mention the one thing I wanted to mention about Strange Days that I... That Peter I, Gabriel song? No, that I actually... We, I mentioned it to you in the text, in text but uh, before we go any further, oh, the well. last image in Strange Days over the end credits is of, is of Jericho on a black man murdered by police dead in the street. Yeah. It's wild. Okay, back to virtuosity. <laughs> a movie with less on its mind. Yes, much less. <laughs> I love the. I, 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 this is a bad movie, but this this is a movie kind of like Strange Days, where like fucking watch this movie if you haven't seen it before, but for very different for reasons. very different reasons. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's but it's it's just wild. Like I, I like to rip clips from these movies and put them online, and it's just sort of like what what am I gonna pick? It's all you got to do the all crazy. You got to do the scene in the club where he's using their screams as music. That's probably gonna be the main it's one. Unbelievable. So There's good. so much stuff. I like okay, your so. Suit. So this movie is is about how Denzel Washington used to be a cop, but now he's uh, in jail. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that makes me laugh. But it starts out. This is oh, we man. find that out before you know. We this don't has know a that little. Yet. This has a little ricochet in it. This movie, just a little. Uh huh. Not oh. enough, but just a little. No, no, not that's not the nearly thing, enough. That's the thing about this movie is it doesn't go too far. It's not nearly enough. It's a yeah. soft R, and it's. Yeah. It's just a soft ass movie. Yeah. yeah what does he say? What does he say? I don't a, like soft ass shit in The Rock. Oh, you <laughs> don't? Yeah. And it's a dumb ass movie that yeah. also has like 15 minutes left after the movie should have. Yeah, been. yeah. It's yeah. one of those where you're like, they're like, they're like, and then this is a part people will care about, and you're like, we really no. don't. You could have figured it, out a way to wrap this up faster. And it's a different kind of movie too. It's yeah. just what is this? Yeah. It's just a huge mistake. At the very end. But the movie's the fil- very yeah, end. the very end. But the movie's filled with huge mistakes. It's like an incredibly misbegotten film. So okay, they're they're the first thing. Denzel Washington and his partner are on patrol, and they're chasing they're chasing a bad guy. His partner's the bad guy in like saw the latter half. Oh, of the is saw he? Movies. I didn't recognize uh, him Costas, from anything. Uh, Costas Mandalore. Oh, is it Costas Mandalore? It is Costas Mandalore. <laughs> I didn't recognize him. So anyway, they're they're chasing they're chasing the killer Sid, Russell Crowe, <laughs> through through a crowded like subway station or whatever. 
It's and all shot in downtown L.A., and we have like these little hints that it's within a computer program because the way people are dressed, the way people and the are way dressed is weird, and, and even the, the police uniforms are ridiculous. Yeah, and somebody makes a comment about them. Yeah. Those pretty crazy uh, uniforms, blah, blah, blah. It's one, of those, it's one of those movies where future stuff just looks like ass. Like, it looks completely <laughs> stupid. Now, it's not as bad. Like, it doesn't have... Thankfully, it doesn't have like weird future cars like Freejack, you know, yeah. where they, everything's made out of weird bubbles. We and stuff. forgot how to make cars. Yeah, exactly. And now they are not aerodynamic. The cars are generally the same. Most things look kind of the same. The clothes are a real problem. Everybody's wearing like loud, brightly colored suits and stuff like yeah, that. Pleather, like weird yeah, pleather it's suits. Very fucking weird. And they all have like weird future haircuts. <laughs> like everything's kind of skewed and it just looks stupid. <laughs> It all looks stupid. Everything looks stupid. It's glorious. Anyway, they're chasing this this bad guy, Sid, and it's Russell Crowe, and, and shit shit goes sideways pretty fast, and like some civilians are killed, and and the partner gets killed, right? Yeah, this is a part. This is what Sid says when when we first meet him, where he's like starting to shoot the cops, give you an idea of just the sort of banter that he engages in. Come on, copper pig, flatfoot, what are you gonna do? <laughs> he's called some copper pig, flatfoot. He's very he wound really up. Revels in his being a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. He likes attention. And, uh, but it turns out that none of it's real. Yes. And, and he, he takes a hostage, and Denzel just shoots the hostage. Shoots the hostage, And they're yeah. like, why did you do that? Once they snap back, because it's a simulation. And yeah, he's yeah. like, because it wasn't fucking real. Because it's not Who real. cares? Yeah, it turns out this is all a VR simulation. Denzel's not a cop anymore. He's an inmate, uh-huh. and they're testing this cop training uh, VR simulation on him. And, and, and Russell Crowe is the villain in that simulation. He's a computer program called SID... Version six point seven. My fa- my Sid six point seven. <laughs> my absolute favorite detail about Sid six point seven is it is, is it this all is the how stupid this movie is gloriously dumb, gloriously stupid is that yeah. he is like we we got to come up with the ultimate bad guy right so of course what we did was we stitched him together from the pers- per- from the, the personalities yes. of all these different famous killers and so they list off the famous killers and it's Gacy yeah Manson Hitler yeah and you're like wait a minute wait a minute everybody everybody <laughs> who's ever done anything bad I know Hitler's bad and stuff like that but he was like a president of a country right. it's like a little different well, than a guy who made megalomania he's like a megalomaniac sure. you know, i'm just saying what it's I like a strange about this, d- you know detail. what i like oh go you go first well my favorite thing about this sequence where you learn that sid was built out of the personalities or something of all of these famous evil people is the way that they show it is yeah. like there's there's <laughs> shitty cgi recreations of their faces shooting laser beams into into russell yeah. crowe's head <laughs> they shoot them out of their mouth yeah out of their mouths <laughs> real lawnmower man and shit. it's like when, yeah. I was, when i was in college i had a good friend his name is john you've met john mm-hmm. my good buddy john hi john we used to watch you know, know. We're, we're we were in college listening? we were drinking <laughs> and smoking be. all the time we were watching tv in our in our dorm and every time, like a like a commercial for like Excedrin would come on, and like the guy would the guy would have like lightning bolts attacking his his head because of the headache, and like he'd take the pill and it would go into his tummy, and like everything would turn blue. That's how it works. John John would go like, man, look at that science. <laughs> and that's what I thought of when I was watching this scene in Virtuosity with him like shooting their personalities with laser beams into his mouth. My favorite thing is that that's also uh, Serpentor from GI Joe's right, backstory. From Joe. That's how he was made. Serpentor was like. Uh, like Cobra Commander, and then like all of the it was great Napoleon, all of Napoleon, Genghis, Genghis Khan, Khan, Hitler, all of the. Do all you the, remember all of history's famous bad guys? Bad guy leaders are what Serpentor. Do you remember made though how in that in that particular scheme they needed?
did Sun Tzu, who wrote The Art of War, but couldn't get his DNA, <laughs> so they substituted Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter's DNA is in it. Yeah. I mean, a perfect substitute for the most brilliant military strategist in ancient history. <laughs> you mean Sergeant Slaughter? Yeah, yeah. You could have some of my DNA. And all, all they ended up <laughs> with was like this weird muscle-bound coward who just demanded, they just made outrageous yeah. demands all the time. This I command! <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so Sid 6.7. Sid 6.7. He's got John Wayne Gacy's incredible stealthy ability to trick street kids into right. coming into his basement. He also Hitler's ability to consolidate power One of Germany. his personalities is the guy that killed Denzel and his wife, or Denzel's daughter that's and right. wife. Yep. The, the Mad Bomber a, Matthew Grimes, the, the eco-terrorist. Inexplicably not given three names. Yeah. That's a big mistake. Yeah, you give serial killers in movies three names, that, and also they this this has uh the, the the other movie that this reminded me of in this way was uh I know who killed me because yeah. there's a part where they go like he took your arm and they just say that and I'm like wait he has two arms and it's like takes a while for the movie to reveal like the robot the robot arm, arm and yeah and it doesn't really do anything other it, than just, maybe plug into stuff at the end it was it's such not, like, a super powered it was such a weird thing because there's a whole there's a whole subplot so there's a whole plot subplot in I know who killed me where Lindsay Lohan gets a fake leg and the guy for like a half hour crab man from uh, my name is Earl explains like you got to make sure and keep the leg plugged in because otherwise you're just carrying dead weight and it's like this long scene you're like okay so later in the movie she's gonna be running from somebody and no. the leg's gonna die no nope. she just no it's fine well she heeded his advice I guess yeah. so she kept it plugged in <laughs> she did keep it plugged in good job he does have a robot arm and he's got nobody a ro- talks about he's got a robot arm and they mention it yeah. they go he took your arm and the, and the whole time I'm like what and then I mean when you finally see the flashback and I'm sorry that, that as much as it's like Travis was laughing at Ray Fiennes uh, watching this horror the horror shows in mm-hmm. Strange Days the scene where his family blows up is really laugh. funny yeah <laughs> because it's like what yeah it's just one of those like super villain uh, bad guy plots where you're like he, he really hates this one cop and he's got to get him mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> he, has, he has a cat and mouse antagonistic relationship with the so, cop, and he's the supervillain. Yeah. He's a ter- he's a terror like a he's a political, political terrorist. terrorist. This I movie guess. also also uh, the whole time I was watching it, I'm like I was like all of these cops are bad, but not in the same way as in Strange Days. These cops are the cops in this movie are just bad at their jobs. No, they're just inept. They are bad. They're like these cops are always doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Every cops are constantly always shooting at people, and then they're like, "Stop doing that!" And they're like, "Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, whoops, we're terrible at sorry. our jobs." And they're sorry, also eh? they're also constantly giving justice to other <laughs> cops who mistakenly killed people. You know how, how cops go to jail for that sort of thing all the time. Yeah, get yeah. locked up with like yeah. general population and stuff like that. Right. That's why Denzel's like this scary ba- like bad guy, or at least presented as such but we find out that in a like rage yeah. later on after his wife and kid have been killed he's killing all the bad guys and then some reporters pop in and he like thinks that they're bad and turns around and kills them and they're and like you know you know how the justice system is they're <laughs> right. like lock him up well they caught him on lock tape cop up. i guess so i'm just doesn't seem to, i'm no. just kidding that was my yeah right good point we all know how that's definitive yeah. these days <laughs> Okay, so uh, Sid, but, Sid, but that's wild. But that's the, what they needed to be in the movie. Sid six point yeah, yeah. seven is going to get loose into the real world, but the way that that happens <laughs> is really amusing. Yes. Uh, so Fickner's in this one. Fick, Fickner's in this, and he's the boss of the VR company or whatever. <laughs> he's the he's the Louise Fletcher is his boss. He's his like boss. the clearly evil, the sort of evil corporate toady corporate dude who's like, <laughs> he's like, look, I just want to make money, but and I don't care if everybody dies doing it. Yeah. Or I look like William Fickner, so you know I'm bad. <laughs> But you also Just got bad. you've also no, got the this one dude who's like the scientist who developed the personalities 
that they use in the videos. Yeah, fucking nerd. And he's he created six point Sid six point seven out of all the Hitler videos or whatever that he did. <laughs> and he's real he's like real attached to Sid. He's like, Oh, this is my creation, you know, I've made this like this this monstrous jewel. Meanwhile, Kevin O'Connor O'Connor or O'Connell? Mm, O'Connell? I don't the know. The guy from all the Stephen Summers movies, so I think is yeah. pretty funny most of the time. From there will be blood. <laughs> is uh and Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he he's got his own create or he he's in love with one of the other creations, which is just a sexy babe. Yeah, that he wants to go into VR land and fuck the girl, and and God, this made me want to watch the Lawnmower Man again, and I, I hate that. Don't, I hate don't that do for it. No, this I'm not guy going. This is way better. An employee at the same company, and what he does is he makes 3D printed real dolls out of things that are made out of this stuff that's like silica based. It's blue. And so what he does is he convinces the guy who invented all the VR characters to please give him the control module of the hot babe so he can make a fuck doll out of her and always have sex with her for real. Meanwhile, Sid 6.7 is too cutting edge and too out of control, so he gets ordered, so the scientist who created him gets ordered by William Fickner and Lindsey Krauss to destroy it. Lindsey Krauss. Lindsey Krauss, no. Uh, Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher, Fletcher, sorry. Nurse Ratchet. Nurse Ratchet. And Louise Fletcher to destroy Sid 6.7, and he, he gets a bright idea. He's like, all right, he takes the girl's cube and smashes that one instead and gives the the uh, the real doll man Sid 6.7's control box cube chip. And so now we have a real-life Sid 6.7. <laughs> and the thing about this guy is you can, like, cut him up and shoot him and chop him into pieces and yeah. cut his hands off. And as long as there's glass around... <laughs> These tentacles will come out of his body and he'll re- he'll he'll heal up. I or love, he can I eat it. He can regenerate. Just scoop I, yeah, up a handful. I love he can just eat, eat glass. He's in the yeah. car chase. He eats some of the broken glass from the windshield and he and it heals his wounds yeah. Wolverine style. <laughs> and he has given birth essentially out of an egg too, where he's yes. like birthed. It's fucking crazy. He hatches out of a weird thing. It's one like, of the thousand. <laughs> he stands up and he's like, "Whoa, gravity!" That you can't believe you're seeing. There's a scene where Sid six point seven comes in on the uh, the sexy lady program and starts like yeah. harassing her. Too. The sexy, or she's into it though. The sexy lady program is hilarious too because it's like, man, can you imagine technology? And it's just like a late, a naked, uh, like a sexy she's lady in lingerie. In, a, in lingerie in front of a green screen, going like, "Hi, she's in front would of you a, like to have sex." And she's with me? she's in front of one of those shitty like VR. It's a chess background. It's, it's a, a chessboard. There's yeah. people playing, and they keep because it keeps going like she's like, "Hi, sex," and then like behind her goes like, "Queen to Queen's level queen four. Queen's, yeah. You can do whatever <laughs> sex you Night want takes to me." Rook. And then he, uh, yeah. And anyway, so that was it, just, it's very, it's very funny because he's like staring at you her, can going tip like, over my man. bishop anytime you want." But he's looking at her, going like, "Man, I really did it. This oh is boy. so perfect." The oh highlight man. of this movie is fucking uh, is Russell Crowe, <laughs> who's like, great. Who is who? Every every like he's, every he's it's honest. It's seriously like uh, you want every time he's not in, you want to you want to be going like, "Where's, where's Russell Crowe? Where's six six point seven? <laughs> because like Pucci's every not time he's not in the movie, you're like." Now it's just a bunch of fucking boring ass motherfuckers trying to figure out what's going on. Now, Meanwhile, yeah. this guy's over here doing fun right. shit. Now it's just a shitty cop movie. Yeah. And then when Sid six point seven shows up, it's like now he's torturing nightclubbers and eating glass. <laughs> <laughs> and everything that Russell Crowe does in this, he would subsequently find to be very far beneath him uh, because yeah. of the way his career went and stuff. He's like running around cackling. He's and going, full like, on committed though. Hey, I what mean, do you like, think? Let's go. <laughs> He literally cackles. He, like, jump. He's like he a Tex Avery serial killer in this movie. Speak, oh, speaking of uh, Tex Avery, there's uh, re- references to cartoons in it. There's a oh, part yeah. when Denzel Washington is being uh, grilled about, like, 
because this is before we find out what caused it. it was, the way he killed people was very understandable, but she's uh, Kelly Lynch is still grilling him like he's the, sc- the scariest serial killer of all time. And Kelly Lynch is like his cop liaison who gets him out of jail yeah. to to hunt 6.7 in the real world, in which case he'll get maybe a pardon. Yeah. It's so that he can expose stuff to her and so her daughter can later get kidnapped. Yeah. It's literally the only reason she's not be a movie. character anymore. Yeah. Uh, but she goes, were you attracted to violence as a child? And he goes, yeah. Three Stooges, Wiley Coyote. Every time that Wiley Coyote got blown up, mm. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Unbelievable! What, what a treasure this movie! Unbelievable is. garbage. Uh, Denzel Washington says that line. Yeah, these are and, and these both uh, these guys were reunited in a little movie called American Gangster. Uh, not as good as this. No, it's Fam- not. Famously. Honestly, no, it's not. <laughs> Never seen it. It's one of the few Ridleys that I just don't like. It is a higher quality movie, but this movie is very fun. Uh, more fun than that one, I would have to say. That one's too serious. <laughs> they they both went on. Actually, well, Denzel will still do a lot of stuff that's kind of like joyously beneath his oh, stature. Yeah. Yeah, did you Russell see the Crow Equalizer too? Seriously, yeah, for sure. Uh, Russell, my, my, one of my favorite Russell Crowe performances is uh, in uh, Man with the Iron, the Iron Fist. Fist. Yeah, Fat yeah, Russell Crowe is I think great. Is a pretty, which I think is a pretty right. okay movie. It's fairly close he, to his mode. But in he this. is awesome in that. Yeah, he's doing like a, he's doing like a drunk Oliver Reed thing. He says he he claims he was uh, channeling Old Dirty Bastard, which also, I guess, awesome. is, I guess is also sort of like a drunk Oliver Reed. <laughs> That's fucking those awesome. guys. Those guys could all hang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like. Have you was have you too. boys seen Unhinged yet? No. Uh, no. Should I? You must. Oh wow! It's true. The man's not hinged. Okay. He's not hinged at all. Not at all. Fair Interesting. Enough. Uh, but speaking of hinged, uh, no, what the plot of this movie hinges? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the plot of this movie does hinge on Denzel just basically trying to find Russell Crowe as Russell Crowe goes on a crazy, crazy sort of like ego-driven yeah. ego yeah. rampage through the city. We find out that he really likes attention, and every time someone's got a camera, he like looks at it and smiles and starts sort of like dancing around and doing the wild and crazy guy dance. Yeah, and he's, and, wearing uh, this, he's wearing this loud blue sh- suit with these heavy shoulder pads. Well, he's well, got a normal a- suit at first, yes, and then true. the yeah. blue suit is what he had in the computer simulator, and then when he, when he takes all the people to the nightclub hostage, there's a guy wearing... That, that suit. suit. <laughs> this will give you an idea of the sort of care that was put into this movie, at least the details of this movie. So he's at this club. It's the highlight scene of the whole movie. He walks into this club, and he and you gotta hand it to him. He's got a joie de vivre. Like he's just yeah. he's just been born, and he and everything right. that he sees in the world, he's like, this is great. Trace, I can kill it's like all that of this. episode of Futurama where Bender Bender becomes <laughs> yeah. human, and he's like, nachos and cigars and sex all at once. Yeah. Woo. Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords is uh, the musical is, a per, is yeah. playing music at singing the club. one of her songs. Yeah. She yeah. also had songs. an album, <laughs> yep. at least one album. Yeah, and uh, it's it's more of an EDM sort of thing. Yeah, and she doesn't have any lines. But, she uh, she she escapes before he takes everyone hostage. That's right. Tracy Lords. There's literally lives. a shot of her like goodbye, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Tracy, well, Tracy Lord's got away, and so Russell Crowe. This is this is just a, a tremendous stuff. Russell Crowe's got every all these people hostage with his serial killer powers. Using the powers of Hitler, uh, he takes all these people hostage, and uh, and he's like recording all of their ag- their screams of pain, their and mewling this, screams. And this is a futuristic redo of a gag that is in Baron von Munchausen, I believe, where like this emperor dude, Turkish yeah, he, yeah, emperor, oh, yeah, 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 has yeah. got all these people rigged up to this pain piano, and he right. hits the keys. Ah, and like, ah. Ah. But this is an EDM version of it, right? And so he's 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 recording all these their screams of pain, and then he's like, "Now time to hear my shitty, shitty song." <laughs> and it's this dumb song. And he's where like, like playing. He's like oh, playing air oh. guitar to it yeah. and stuff. Oh man, it's the dumbest thing you ever saw. It's so but beautiful. 
but so there's, this, so there's this guy in this futuristic uh, blue outfit, and he goes, that's a nice suit. And you're like, oh, he's going to take that suit. But there's like 15 minutes pass before yeah. you see him wearing the suit. Where you see him not carrying the suit, not doing anything, <laughs> just jumping around, running, getting an action, running away from stuff. And then later on, he's got the suit, and he goes, yeah, I took the suit from that guy. And you're like, what? where did you put it? <laughs> You put it on somewhere. I assumed he went shopping maybe and found like a similar suit. Maybe it was like T-1000 style, like he just like subsumed it. He, yeah, sure. maybe. I, I guess, man. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. He comes out of that egg naked, though. Right. I, I have no... Oh, we're does certainly he a, overthinking Does he have a dick? It. Well, he kills a guy. He kills the guy who wanted to fuck the sex, the sex uh, right, program. Right, he kills that guy. And then he takes his clothes. <laughs> and then he gets a suit later. Presumably uh, from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Does he, he kills a guy. Yeah. He kills yeah, we're, we're definitely right? overthinking it. it, it the, he the kills movie some people and he's where he's putting a suit on. There's dead people, and he's like, ah, mm, he's got yeah, blood yeah, on yeah. his hand. He's like, ooh, look at that. And he the, tastes the it. The filmmakers something. didn't put this kind of thought into it, so we don't need to bother. No, and like <laughs> visually, care. the movie, this movie dated the second they drove it off oh, the yeah, lot. It's God. like a used car already, and then it's like, no, now it's worth ten thousand dollars less than it was thirty seconds ago. Oh, and the, and I, I was I was uh, talking to Corey about this. Is that <laughs> this movie did one of those things that kind of movies that try to do this sort of thing often do where they come out at first where they basically do a you thing as far mm-hmm. as how much you appreciate it because they right. come out at first and you're like well, I don't know that's not the greatest thing in the world and then you see it like 10 years later and you go that's so fucking dumb yeah it's the worst that's piece of so shit f- I can't believe how shitty that movie is and then you see it 20 years later and you go oh my <laughs> yeah, god yeah. I love this movie right hmm. absolutely it's like one now of it is just like a fine wine and it, and it got there yeah and like you know me and the, and the, the so bad it's good thing like, I don't really go in for I that. know, but this is just delightfully shitty. I've so only seen ways. it once, so I'm oh like, man, uh, I, this, is, I, this is actually the second time in like six months that I've watched this because I just watched it as a goof, <laughs> like I don't know earlier this year, and then it turned up here. And I'm like, fuck, I'll watch Virtuosity again. God damn it! <laughs> I'd pay as much as five dollars for right? a DVD or Blu-ray of this, just and I would put it on while drunk <laughs> or so because it is a, crap. a treat. And but it's also just jam-packed too. Yeah, There's, it's not very slack. It's pretty well paced. No, it's lunacy. It's just one dumb thing after another. Except for that last fifteen minutes where it becomes like yeah. a different movie. It's kind of I thought that I thought that the way that they trick him is pretty clever. No, but just end. but just yeah, it's, right, they like right. they like but they defeat him. Oh yeah, but the defusing the bomb part. And then there's is very still boring. like a defusing a bomb part that seems to go on for fucking ever. And yeah, you're yeah. like, why isn't this movie over? <laughs> yeah. The ba- the the only reason I w- we were watching the movie is gone. Yeah. <laughs> from the movie. <laughs> He's yeah, and he, the the glass the glass effect whenever he like heals up with glass. Oh, this, oh it's terrible! This, it's a terrible. Actually, well, the 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 blue tendrils that come out of him look uh, that's garbage. Yeah, but I like the way that the glass looks. They actually did a good job of making that look like something that was happening. I yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, kind, I think the tendrils are garbage, but yeah. I think the tendrils are at least neat because yeah, it's yeah. like ooh tentacles or something. But the but all the like. Uh, it's like Lawnmower Man. Oh yeah, right. There's a lot of special Shit. effects that what look way worse than the tendrils. What they used to just call tendrils. morphing. Yeah, I think that they they were banking on those that tendril effect because a lot of the other effects are way that's worse. That's what that's the weirdest thing about this sort of trio of Brett Leonard movies that came out. This and Hideaway and Lawnmower Man is like, you were you were banking on these special effects. It's like when you go see that movie Spawn, the Spawn movie, where it's like this this was <laughs> oh, your cutting no. edge fucking special <laughs> have effects. Seen, have guys? you seen the movie Spawn? Oh, oh Jesus! Dear. <laughs> it's like this looks awful. Uh, Who thought oop. that this was a good idea? Oops! <laughs> yeah. Michael Michael Dippy, I believe. Depay. Mark Mark Depay. Mark Depay. Mark Depay. Uh, so then it's just—I mean—the movie's just Denzel chasing him around. He, yeah. They go to a UFC fight, which is the funniest part because there's a part where he like takes this woman hostage on camera. Mm-hmm. She's on like the jumbotron there, and everybody else in the audience is still just going, 
doing whatever the UFC cheer was. Oh, some I, dumb, I have, like, I have it's it. some dumb thing that USA. keeps happening. It but is like, pow, pow. Yeah. That's pow. Right. No, they're going, pow, pow. Pow. But they Weird. keep doing it in the background after he's like beat some people up yeah. on camera on the jumbotron and like has this lady at gunpoint. These people are still in the Audience background going still pow, and you're like, eh, if this was at a WWE boy. show, you'd buy it. I also like to point out Michael Buffer is hosting this, yes. and he has not aged a day. I, this is like seventy years in the future or something. Is. He's like he's the guy who goes, let's get ready to rumble. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's still he the same be, age. He would be dead from old age, and he's just like a young. I, I'm assuming he's an android of some kind. <laughs> he's virtual. <laughs> he's the he's, virtual a, he's a real doll also. And when he when, when he freezes up, he's buffering. Yeah. So, <laughs> it had Fuck. to be done. Good. Had to be done. I liked it. Uh, I hate it. Yeah, and so this this scene at the <laughs> UFC is another highlight. It's not as good as the um as the, the club scene where he makes no, no, the no. music, but it, he does a backflip. Yeah, it's just fucking bananas, and it is Academy Award winner Russell Crowe doing all this. I think when he does the backflip, he goes like too. He does that a lot. It's crazy. The, the, the UFC part w- was funny too because it was like uh it feels like. It feels like this movie's going to be very short all of a sudden because it feels like, oh, this is where the climax is going to be because he's like, I'm going to get on TV by going to this UFC thing, and then it's a whole thing, and then he, it's like he's there and gone. He gets chased out of there was, real quick. I was kind of surprised that there isn't like a gag in this where it's like, well, if Sid, like, okay, because Sid doesn't have a plan. He's not trying to do anything. He's just out. He's just living. He's got a joie de vivre, as you say. He's he like wants, the Joker. He's he an agent of chaos. He's an agent of chaos. He just wants to go out and fuck shit up because he's he's pure evil straight from do hell. Things. He just does stuff. Exactly. Like the Joker. I was like waiting for the part where it's like, but if Sid 6.7 gets to the broadcast tower, he can put himself into 600 bodies. Right. You know what I mean? And we got to stop him before that, but no, he just kidnaps Kelly Lynch's daughter well, to it, blow her up because he's because one of his personalities is is the guy who hates Denzel. That's yeah, right. so that's like his that becomes his plan. Is yeah. that he's like he's like all he be- these all he these becomes psychos. Earl Talbot Blake from Ricochet. <laughs> yeah, obsessed with the one guy. Yeah, there is a part where he does like uh, similar to what you were talking about, where he does take over like a TV station, right? And he goes and it's and he calls it Death. He's welcome to Death TV. <clears throat> and this is where you, and this title. is where you get and this is actually yeah. very similar to Unthinkable. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh yeah, but we yeah. Watched mm-hmm. it where it's sort of like people. I mean, untraceable. Up. Untraceable. Is oh, it untraceable? Yeah. Untraceable. With Diane Lane. Sorry, I don't think it was. One of, yeah. one of the original the Hope Diane Lane trilogy. one where it's like, what if someone killed people online and then yeah. people would fucking watch it because everybody's yeah, yeah. fucked up. And that's what it is because you can see like he starts killing people on TV and then the ratings start going right, up. Right, right, Because people I mean, I'd watch fucked. Colin Hanks get dipped in acid. <laughs> that's... That does, in fact, happen yeah. in a little movie called Untraceable. Uh, uh, but this, but this is an, yet another just like a quick one and done sort of subplot where you know, you're like, oh, I guess people would watch Death on TV. Well, I mean, that's There's where the that. climax takes place is that he's doing that and then they shut him down and he gets upset and he can't go into the phone lines like Lawnmower Man because right. he's just a guy. He's like a computer program who's in a bo- indestructible body if he eats glass. Yeah. And, but he's just still just a guy, so he's not like some kind of super matrix dude. Yeah, so unfortunately, it's kind of so. It's a, yeah, it's a little like so. Then it's literally it just feels underimagined. Let's say. Oh yeah, this whole movie's underimagined. I thought the way that this Underbaked. movie should have ended, and it almost does. And this this is like a glaring omission. Maybe they didn't have the special effects for it, but he should have like fallen into a glass factory and then turned into a giant Russell Crowe who like rampages amazing. through the city. I would have taken that too. Well, he think he's dead, and then all of a sudden you start to see all these like lights go off, and he's like. Wah! 
<laughs> and he throws a well, giant yeah. phone at the city. <laughs> Almost anything would be more imaginative than what they do, which is uh, pretty much nothing. Yeah. But he does, in fact, <laughs> fall into like a bunch of glass. Yeah. But, I mean, basically a, kills him. There's a chase scene and stuff. They, I mean, they make a whole movie, but it doesn't. Who cares? Yeah, right. that's how I a, felt watching. They it. sort of made a whole movie. <laughs> I mean, they, it's all it's all put together in order, and it's like an hour and a half long, and it ends with a Peter Gabriel song. So it's like a regular movie, right? Fucking Peter Gabriel. But who cares? Is how anyway. Uh, you guys, yeah, d- more but, than me. But Denzel, like he he falls into this bunch of glass, and you're like, well, you, anybody else would be dead, but he's a glass guy, and, and then he starts to kind of like regenerate. Yeah. But then Denzel like reaches into him and pulls out his like programming matrix yeah. or something. His cube, shit. his cube brain. But the kid is still kidnapped, and then they this creative other. Reality. I like this part kind of. It was a cool plan like a where cool, they like they like they the, trick Sid into thinking that he won. Yeah. Well, because it goes like, because he goes, you'll never find her. And then it just cuts to Denzel, like, it's like back Started to the over, beginning yeah. of the chase. And, and for a second there, I was like, wait, what's going on? And then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I yeah. see what they did. It's got that stupid right. thing where he it throws, does make you, yeah. it, it, he throws Denzel off the roof, and Denzel's, like, head splatters all over. And then later yeah. when they reveal that this is all a simulation, his brains go <laughs> back into his head, and he gets up. Yeah. Is that necessary? You're like, did, I you don't know. Cool. did you have to have the brain splatter? It's pretty good. I guess, I guess to trick Sid, maybe. Right. Because then Sid, because then in the, in the virtual reality thing, in the game, Sid reveals... Uh, where, where the, the girl is. The, yeah. the funniest part of the of the the simulators are uh, when they're oh, when they they're show the people the they show the people in the thing and they're suspended it's and it's like so Kelly Lynch funny. like like walking in air <laughs> and then <laughs> she's walking behind and you're like you're like oh no they're kind of like in these they're kind of like in these rigs that are a little bit like chairs but they're suspended from the yeah. ceiling and it almost looks like they're just in there with their heads that's <laughs> it they're just like <laughs> yeah. suspended by their but heads they're being held and by they're their just heads. like they're just like flailing <laughs> about and pretending to run and it's stuff. a little bit like Pacific Rim. <laughs> Like when they're in the pilot, it's not <laughs> yeah. quite the same thing. No, but it's, it's equally goofy. Oh man! Uh, but even when, like, cause it happens all the time with this technology, where people's brains start to be broken by this stuff, and they're right. like, ah, ah! But even when they're not like flailing in agony, they still look like they're flailing in agony. <laughs> it's really <laughs> dumb. Uh, but anyways, they 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 stop Russell. They find where the kid is, and Denzel uses his robot arm to like disarm the bomb. Right. Kind of gets to go re- redo some mistakes from the pa- his past life and save the kid, and he's good now. He's fine. And but uh, but the also there's a part where he like in the in the VR thing where he's like because tr- he saves the girl or finds he finds out but then but then he's like you're trapped in my world and he's falling through like a an ever grow uh, like a series of a never ending series of Russell Crowe mouths and yeah. a yeah. fire or very whatever. very lawnmower manny yeah. <laughs> It's, big it's finish, so, big CGI VR so, finish. So dumb. Anyway, he gets out of there. They save the girl, and then Denzel like he just throws the thing throws off the, the roof, like, and it gets run cube, over by and a you're car. Like, I think that maybe they would want that for evidence or something. Just, uh, just hold on to it. Like, uh, let's not get rid of that. Maybe, maybe uh, what? You would think. Okay, you would <laughs> think that they would need it for evidence, which they, you know, that's one concern. It has been established that the police in this movie are terrible at their jobs, though. So they probably that's, are just can't like trust any of them. And yeah. like, presumably, you know, it wouldn't survive a fall from a roof. But I don't know how this future tech works. It actually does land on the ground yeah. intact, and it only to get run over by a car. But at the same time, you're like, don't just throw that anywhere, man. Right. Smash it yourself. Yeah, it's four years in the future, man. Anything can happen. We don't know what the it, it, it survives a fall from a skyscraper, but not getting run over by a car. Right. <laughs> Whatever. I don't understand. I don't understand technology. Maybe. <laughs> uh, there's a part in it. This this was this is delightful. Uh, where he's going around disarming all these bombs that he's set in this water tower. And with by his, the way, the Russell Crowe does a whole Wayne Knight and Jurassic Park thing. That's in this. what he's I was like, going to say. Ah uh, ah uh, uh, yeah. no no no. He's gonna like he's like I just disarmed it, and then a screen of Russell Crowe pops up, and he goes ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh. Yeah. Just like Jurassic, it's it's tremendous. It's exactly like Jurassic Park. Uh, 
this is a part where Russell Crowe is like it's kind of like one of his last line, you know, last bad guy lines uh, before he gets taken down or whatever. Where he goes, you lose. That's reality for you. No saving. No resetting. Video games. Mm-hmm. Video games. Did we discuss stuff. the part where Denzel actually shoots a real hostage in this movie? Yeah, he thinks he thought he shot a real hostage, and then you think it's a parallel of uh, what what he did in the in the simulation, and that he's like bad. But Russell Crowe shot. Out Russell Crow him. Yeah, it turns him. out it's like it was all a fake. They and set they, him up. They, yeah. It seems like it's going to be a thing for about four minutes, yeah. and then they all go, "Oh no, no!" And Russell Crowe kills the cops. And is like, "Hi, you're free now." They think you killed cops, and now you're bad guy or whatever. Yeah, it's very That's stupid. The, <laughs> also, then there's a, somewhere around there is when the, he does his uh, flashback to. When his family is killed, when he gets his arm blown off, and yeah. it's like his there's like a trip wi- a laser trip wire he doesn't see, and his family get his daughter, and they're like they're literally I think literally save, hey save us or some shit like <laughs> save that save us save us from this bomb. Then he blows them up, and then the the bad guy who's like doing a live interview, the psycho is like, ooh, ah, I hear I hear that. That must be the that must be Denzel blowing himself up. But then he doesn't realize that only Denzel's arm got blown off, and he goes on a one armed killing spree, killing all the bad That's guys. Fun. He tells the news crew like, get down, and they hide. And then he kills him, and then like. He spins around and murders the the news lady and her cameraman. Oh right. no! And that's why he's been locked up with white supremacists. And they put him stuff. in jail. Anyway, that bad guy uh, Grimes is always goes Parker. <laughs> this one's for you. That's his catchphrase. <laughs> so Russell Crowe says that all the time. Too. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, Parker anyway. Barnes. He has a stupid <laughs> sci-fi movie name, Parker Barnes. And, and then Parker it ends Barnes. with a it ends with a pretty a pretty terrible Peter Gabriel song. Yep. Not one it of sure, his best. I ones. think the, I think the strange, should have ended the strange with Sledgehammer. Days one I kind of like. <laughs> yeah, I do. This this one was like eh, not not your best work, Peter. It should have ended with Sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, that would have been awesome. Shit. Or it could have ended with uh, Dire Straits Walk of Life, oh, like every up movie. Your fruitcase. <laughs> <laughs> what? Salisbury Hill. Pretty good. That would have been good too. We should end this one with uh, with Sledgehammer. This podcast. Should we end it with Sledgehammer or with uh, one of those Juliette Lewis songs? Ooh, that's yeah. the question. That's a good point. I can hardly wait. It's pretty good. Only oh, if she's like naked in it. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to decide when it comes down to the wire. You'll, you'll all find out at the end. Do you got any more what quotes? What if you make it? Uh, just one more funny scene where Russell Crowe uh, is t- is talking to an android uh, bartender who's like, "Howdy, oh, partner. Yeah. Would you like a?" Because it is like the near future, right? And so there's like dumb futuristic uh, like clothing. But it's and but shit it's throughout. like an, it's basically yeah, we like about a, that. This yeah. this bartender dude is basically like a Disney animatronic guy, which makes me he's think not that, as good as Johnny Cab. No. Yeah, it makes me think that Michael Buffer might not be because uh, he doesn't have the same right. expectations. But anyways, <laughs> it, Russell Crowe is insulted by this guy <laughs> because and he goes uh, to think you constitute one of my ancestors. So he's sort of like he's like offended by this uh, shitty android. <laughs> they just know. wanted to give him a drink, <laughs> yeah, and he blows geez. his head off. <laughs> and then oh, he, I will eat this glass though. <laughs> Bye-bye. Does a backflip. <laughs> yeah. It's like Woody Woodpecker, this guy. It won't go down. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Uh, ratings. Uh, I mean, on a on a purely uh, artistic, aesthetic level, this is a two and a half mm. Judd movie. But as far as my amusement level goes, it's probably a three and a half uh-huh. Judd movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna level off with an even three. Yeah. Okay. Three Juds. Garbage, terrible movie, uh, inexcusable. But yeah, watch you, sh- it. you should watch it for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, Douglas's. I'm gonna give it like one and a half. Douglas's mostly for the sex bot girl, uh, yeah. the virtual reality yeah. sex yeah. lady. Please have sex. Please with have me. sex. And just like the fact that the whole thing is set off because this dude wants a like a fuck toy, like a, a doll to have sex with. Yeah. Well, you talk about how it's six point seven goes in, or 
Yeah, is it Sid six point seven kills all kills like Fickner and everybody? Oh no, yeah, we didn't talk about he that part. Everybody. He kills everybody. Not Louise Fletcher, I don't think. But yeah. no. Fickner and then he kills uh Kevin O'Connor who's and the cop that's uh I can't he kills, like, he kills who's everybody. Who's the cop that's like his... That, oh, it's it's uh, William Forsythe. Forsythe, oh, yeah, that's William right. Forsythe. We, we didn't even we mention him. We forgot about Forsythe that that's he right. brutally murders William Forsythe. He like sh- he like uh, knocks him out and then like smashes his head <laughs> something. You're like, oh, and he, it's off camera. And you're like, is he dead? And then there's yeah. a, a wide shot later. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's I dead. I watched this a few days ago. Him. I didn't even remember that William Forsythe was in it. Well, as he, as, as he, brutal as this I didn't even remember the robot part. There's a part where William Forsythe, they're going to blow up Denzel's head. Because he's got like a chip in it that'll blow blow him up, and then right. he he finds out about it. Kelly Lynch goes like, "They got a they've got a bomb in his head." And Forsyth goes to the nerd the nerd headquarters and shoots all their equipment so they can't blow Denzel's head up. It's good. That, it's good that <laughs> you brought fucking, it up. These too. fucking eggheads. They think they uh, they think they run everything. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get to get back. No, no, no. It's all good. It's, it's good that you brought it up too, because William Forsyth must have like been at the tail end of a like a very serious committed diet, because he looks great. Oh, yeah, he yeah. looks very thin and trim, <laughs> which is and, and it's just sort of like you, I'm glad you got one movie in there, because I, I don't think it lasted. Yeah. Uh, but he looks. You're just sort of like, damn Forsyth, you got the jawline going and everything. Not bad. All right. So anyway, sorry. Just, no, sorry, it's okay. It's okay. These are these are digressions that are worth embarking upon. Mm-hmm. Where was I? I uh, gave it one and a half Douglases yes. for the sex spot stuff. And I guess I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 f- for uh, future real dolls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all want one. I guess. Yeah, sure. Just not like, I mean, maybe not that one that's Russell Crowe. No, no, not not that one. <laughs> that guy's a killer. <laughs> He's really psycho. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm I am uh, gonna just go ahead and give it three and a half Juds. I mean, I think we've making the case I made, don't think, made yeah. the case enough that it is a bad bad movie. Yeah. But I thought it was just a treat. And aside from some slack stuff at the in, during the last part where it's just sort of like, eh, he's disarming bombs. It just sort of slows down. I think that this movie is extremely fun. It's short all the way through. Pretty short. Yeah. Peter Gabriel's <laughs> lesser Peter Gabriel song at the end. I mean, what's not to like? Big time. <laughs> but it's terrible. Uh, still better than the Lawnmower Man, uh, yeah. But less well known, I would have to say. Yeah. Well, so, uh, well, less well, it's less shitty. Yes. So it's kind of that movie sucks. <laughs> it really does. It really sucks. But it also has that ending, that hilarious <laughs> ending where all the phones in the world ring. Everybody knows, and that mo- the movie was a hit. Job. Everybody knows that movie. That's what's, that movie was that's a hit. I remember yeah. seeing that in the theater, and people. I remember talking to people at the time too. Going, and they were going like, "That was really amazing." Did you see those special effects? I'm like, "Yes, I did." Did you? It's one of the reasons why you need to like maybe be you know think be think about what you're doing with your box office dollars because they gave this guy virtuosity afterwards, and it also sucks. Has anybody uh, cut uh, the ending of of Lumber Man where he answers the phone, goes hello, and then cut uh, Joe Bluth, and they're going like, "It's an illusion, it's an Michael." Illusion, Michael. <laughs> I'll just Peace? give it. <laughs> I'll just give it one Douglas. Uh, I mean, that, that lady's in a bikini, and he like pulls her hair, and he looks like he's gonna. He like bends some, her over, and she's like, sex "Oh yeah, sex." <laughs> I love that <laughs> stuff. Hilarious. Computers, and then he like disappears. The computer shit in this is really bad too. It's, oh, really funny. it's like Mission Impossible funny. It's it's worse than that because it's full rooms of like this right. cool equipment. And you're like, mm. at least in Mission Impossible, it's like you can see Brian De Palma kind of going like, this is ridiculous, Who but cares? this is the kind of movie I'm making. Right. Yeah. And this one, they're like, isn't this cool? And you're like, no, it's no. not. No, no, it is not. There's no, a little not. of that in our next film too. A little bit, not as much. No. And I'm gonna give it one gigantic Russell Crowe that they should have ended the movie with. Yes, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Crow. Huge Stay Puft Marshmallow Crow. They a huge fail. Uh. 
I'm I'm going two and a half because I. I, I I loved Russell Crowe. It's two and a half almost all, entirely for Russell Crowe's performance because the rest of it I felt just I just didn't give a shit at yeah. all. Yeah. It's okay. It's just not my kind of thing. Where like, the bad CGI was funny for a minute, but it's also like by the end I was just tired. I was like, just end. I don't even before I got even when it was like I mean I like the twist where it's like oh now they're in his thing. But then it kind of was just like, okay, but are you going to stop? I mean, what's going to, is this movie going to end? Is, I don't know. I just felt like the girl with the bomb scene went on for fucking ever. It was like yeah. a whole extra movie at the end it there. Is. It's unnecessary. Kelly Lynch is terrible in it. And, and I, again, not entirely her fault, but also it's just like this nothing character where they're like, we need a woman in here. Well, she can ride her along with him so he can explain his past <sighs> to her. Yeah. Okay, good. It's like Desperate Hours. It's not entirely her fault, but she's not rising to no, the occasion. No, it's, no. It is some her fault. No, I mean, the <laughs> only person good. really rising to the occasion in this is uh, Russell, Russell, Russell Crowe, Crow. and he's yeah. surpassing expectations. And William Forsyth's <laughs> uh, diet routine. <laughs> yeah. So two and a half, uh, I guess I guess a Douglas for the sex doll, the yeah. sex bo- or the sex program, I guess. It's, it's, a, soft, it's, very, it's a soft it's R, It's a soft very I just, tame. I, I gave it the extra half star because the whole plot hinges on it. That's, that's why I went there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, but I'll give it the one just because it's like, because the guy wants to have yeah. sex with her. He's like, I want to make her real so I can have sex with her. Uh, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Wait, are you a computer programmer? Or you're, you're like a high-powered nerd. How did you get in this room? Yeah. <laughs> I want to fuck that computer lady. <laughs> make her real. <laughs> I do like uh, that actor. Yeah, Daniel, <laughs> no, yeah, Daniel Plainview shoots him in the fucking he's got head. That, he's got that Spoiler. line in Deep Rising where he's like, can you just get asthma? Yeah. <laughs> Deep Rising, I love that. Deep Rising, great movie. Uh, and uh, I'm going to give it, uh, all cops are bad, but not in the way that you think. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just sort of like shitty at their jobs. Yeah, they're yeah. just shitty at their jobs. Yeah. No Riggs and Murtaugh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're kind of they're kind of They're kind of bad in the way that you, that you think. That you would think. <laughs> all right, so let's but move on. Not to, speaking of let's the move way on you would think. Movie <laughs> that time forgot. Yeah. The 13th floor from 1999. On the 13th floor of a corporate tower, a team of scientists have created a portal to a simulated universe. Now, after six years of testing, they are about to cross the boundaries of reality. So the whole thing's what, a giant computer game? Nothing so mundane, man. When my mind is jacked in and I'm walking around experiencing 1937, my body stays here and kind of holds the consciousness of the program link unit. This Uh, is notable uh, off the bat for a few reasons. One, based on the same source material as Rainer Fassbender's World on a Wire, which if you haven't seen it, it's quite good. Um, Secondly... Uh, a future sci-fi three is the yeah, single acron three. It's ba- it's a it's a virtual reality uh, sci-fi noir thriller mm-hmm. that had the terrible misfortune of coming out six weeks after the Matrix mm. premiered, yep. and just one week after the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. So even if it had been even if it had been better than fine, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay. N- nobody would remember it. No. This was destined to be forgotten. And compared to all the... This was the time when they were making movies like this, where mm-hmm. all the movies were like this. You had your Dark Cities, your Existences, where it was uh-huh. like, uh-huh. what is reality? Is, it, is like, reality reality? Even but, like Truman Show. Oh, yeah, Truman like Show. There were, there's a whole bunch of them in But this. all of those movies, people remember those movies. Yes. This movie's yeah. very small potatoes compared to those. Yeah. It's very small budget, like not that incredibly visually that ambitious. I relatively charming, yeah. but not good enough to carry the movie. I, I, like, I, that, I liked that about it, but it yeah. also... Yeah. kept me I kept going like yeah I kept going like there's like 
I kept thinking of the 15 other movies that I like more mm-hmm. that are more interesting from like that two year period yeah. when this came out and you're kind of like hey, you guys were just like we should do one too and we'll do an okay job yeah. you, you almost feel bad <laughs> and uh, indeed yeah. they did you almost feel did. bad for it it's it's like they put all, you know they made a movie and stuff like that you want to like give these, it a pat on the head yeah, when it's over all these know? other movies like the fucking Matrix came out and yeah, they must right. have just been like oh oh man which also has like noir <laughs> trappings but I mean Dark City this one this one has the mo- it reminded me the most of like Dark City and I think Dark City, which I love, but has like a more in- goes to more interesting places than this does. But because yeah. both of them start out, both of the movies start out as like, well, this takes place in a film noir world. This mm-hmm. is in the past, and then you realize, oh, it's not. But in Dark City, it's there's a more interesting thing happening than in this one, which is just that it's the same as all three of these movies, where it starts off in a virtual reality. The, o- the only thing that this movie right? has on Dark City is it doesn't start with a scene that goes, so this is a virtual reality right. simulation that's on top of a virtual I reality would, simulation. I <laughs> but I would say that if you haven't seen if you haven't seen Dark City and you want to, you'd watch the director's cut yeah, yeah. because it doesn't have sure. that, and it's significantly better because it doesn't, it, it doesn't <laughs> explain itself at the beginning of the movie. And that, that poor, and that that movie, poor movie rules. Yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of Dark City, but oh, I always, really? I always Travis felt and I are like both huge fans of Dark City. Mo- most people tend to love it. I'm not a big mm. fan, but but also um, yeah, it's, it's most people. It's definitely way <laughs> better. It. It's definitely way better than this. Yeah, I just I just think it's it's a movie that goes that does more interesting things. Oh yeah, with that and premise, it's, it's it goes definitely to visually more interesting. Places, and that this movie kind of doesn't. And the same with the Matrix. This movie's like, how about this? And the Matrix the Matrix came out before and was like, well, we did that kind of, but like more a better version of it. This even exists. Made me, this movie made me think about Dark City and The Matrix in the sense that, like, when when those movies came out, like, do you remember people being confused by them? They were confused by them. In Dark City's case, they fucked up the movie because the studio was so convinced that it was just impenetrable. You know, which it wasn't. <laughs> it really explains I, itself. I remember when The Matrix came out. My, I talked. I saw it. I loved it. And I talked to my parents on the phone, and and my mom was like, "Your father and I hated that movie." And I was like, "Well, why?" She was totally confusing. They first they're, they're now they're in cars and jackets and machine guns, and then they're in outer space in a <laughs> spaceship. And I was like, what? "That's not what happens in it." And she's like, "Well, we did fall asleep for like the first thirty minutes of the movie. That's a problem." So they totally missed the part where they actually come out and go like, "Here's what's happening in the film." And yeah, they were baffled by it. It's completely. Fairly significant the information is relayed there. Anyway, yes, this this is not nearly as complicated or as interesting for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but 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 again, its budget it's is, is so much lower, it's and, I, and I feel bad for it because it's like a kid like working really really hard at his like basketball game, and yeah. he's like, "I'm the best." And his, I, I worked really route. hard. At, yeah, and then he goes and play to play a game, and it's like against the fucking Lakers or something. Right. Oh no! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> It's like the we little kid nothing. who's convinced he's really good at Nintendo, and then he goes to the tournament at the mall that Saturday, just he gets just, iced. He destroyed. Yeah. 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 He just creamed him. He tried really hard. Jeez. He was pretty good. Billy from up the street, who's way better at Double Dragon, just kicked his ass. Annihilated. Mm. But it's but it's a rad fun. racer in my case. Rad racer. But it's trying. That was a hard I think, game. I think it's a pretty pretty well structured. Has some interesting sure, ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the best it's, thing that this movie has going for it is Gretchen Mall because she's fucking hot. She's fine. I always had a thing for Gretchen Mall. It's got Craig Bierko being pretty bland in the lead. I like him, but he's very bad here. I mean, I don't think he's bad. I think he's very bland. I think he's, he's just cast. He's, he's going. He's just going doing like, hello, I am the character who is because he's a cipher. Yeah. In the for the whole movie until you know you. He actually doesn't technically have a personality. Right. So he, he has to modulate three different personalities yeah. as well. I and liked him so much in the last, in the long kiss goodnight. I'm kind of, yes. kind of disappointed that he's not very good here. He's uh, fucking awesome he's in fine. that. Uh, Ar- 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 Armin Mueller stall. 
There is no 13th floor without Armin Mueller-Stein. Yeah. He starts off the movie. This is, do all three of these start with like a, a thing that where they are then come out of a simulation, right? Yes, all three movies yeah. start in a simulation. I would right. actually like to point out that this movie <laughs> technically begins with the line, I think, therefore I am, from Rene Descartes. That's true. That's like, okay. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is going to be smart. This <laughs> movie's going to be smart. Yeah. Because that's literature and philosophy right there. <laughs> so what's going on in this movie? Armin Mueller-Stahl is living in this 30s noir yes. thing. Like, oh, it's the 30s. It's noir. And he's, oh, and he goes, he's at a fancy like swank, a swanky club. And he goes up to the bar, and he's wearing a tux and stuff, and, and he goes up to the bar, Vincent D'Onofrio mm-hmm. reappears. He's working at the bar. He's the bartender, and he's like, I need you to get this envelope to my friend Douglas Hall, who's going to come here looking for friend, it. Douglas Hall. Yeah. It's, <laughs> been, <laughs> it's crucially important. I was nominated yeah. for an Academy Award a few years I'm ago. And just exhausted acting. <laughs> acting takes it all out of me. And Mission to Mars took uh, a lot out of him. I have nothing left. I left it all on the field in Mission to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he gives him this letter. He's like, "You gotta get, we gotta get this letter to my friend Douglas Hall." And then, like, the next thing we see is like, it's, it's our, it's well, his, day, his right? eyes do this sort of like cloudy sort of oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's that indicates that he's beaming back. And, and this is where you're in the kind of like, I guess it's technically their offices on the 13th floor. Is that why it's called sure, this? Do we I find guess. out why it's called this? I, I mean, sure. I, I guess the idea is that there is there there the you know the the myth or whatever the urban legend there is no 13th floor right. in these buildings. So it's like. Because uh, when you find out what's uh, really happening oh, at the end, okay. that's nothing. And it's, and it's a world, nothing it's is, a level it above, is. a world between worlds. And it okay. also isn't real. Yeah. None of it is. None of it's real. But nobody it's says It's like two that. or three levels. Of, nobody ever says Good for no. them. They leave it to us. I just that's assume that's cool. what they mean. Yeah, no one ever goes like, we've got to go to the VR suite. This on the 13th, 13th floor. <laughs> or the, or they don't go like, there is, this is, this world does exist, but it doesn't exist. It's like the 13th floor. Or, like, there, or there's not a scene, like even in the Matrix, where they're like, I just saw that cat walk by. Well, that's deja vu. It's a glitch in the Matrix. There's yeah. no scene where somebody goes like, you ever notice how there's no 13th floor? And, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They leave it to us. And, and I didn't know, and Kevin did know, so yeah. there you go. I mean, I... I, I, I didn't s- care. <laughs> oh, wow. That's that's what I just assumed. That's what I, I just figured right. out right now yeah, while we were right. talking about it. I think that's correct. <laughs> Uh, I wish that they did watch a, had to watch a video about the history of the thirteenth floor. floor, like being John Malkovich <laughs> yeah. style. But he, he he so he's beamed back to what what we think is his real life yeah. uh, work, and that was and that all took place in this like th- this fake universe that he created. Uh, you know, because what would you want to see if you were doing virtual reality? Obviously, the nineteen thirties, right? Some time in nineteen thirties where you could go jitterbug. Sure, and but uh, it turns out the only reason he's going to the nineteen thirties so much is because he wants to bang more he wants chicks. To bang the, the club it's, girls. It's a regular thing. <laughs> Everybody just wants porno. That's he's true. Get, he's getting it all la- three, laser way. All That's three of true. these VR movies are. Also about porno. They're all predicated porno, on porno, like, porno, porno. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have searched this base from top to bottom. <laughs> Do you remember the three magazines that he has in yeah. that? <laughs> no, it's Granny Fanny, Cheek Week, and American Breast Enthusiast. That's good. Yeah. No, Krusty's American looking at him in, that, yeah. in the yeah. war room. <laughs> now here's your copy of Gigantic Asses. Okay. I love that. Uh, <laughs> but like, but but this is giving a, kind of an idea of like what we're what we're working with here because this like. Virtual reality thing involves a bunch of lasers, <laughs> they, and that's it. That's it. They just sort of like have these lasers, these parallel like lasers, kind of like. And when the lasers lower down on your face, that's how you know that you're. It's I like, don't know. It's like, we have no money. It's literally just a. I mean, it's it's kind of a cool visual because they come out of that cloud of lasers or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah, it's not like the. But, but, it's, cool. but it's the then only thing the, the movie the has. The crappy, going for. the crappy computer screen yeah. graphics that are like assimilation into program. No. Yeah. Although I like that. I mean, honestly, like I like that better than like all of the. 
expensive whatever garbage in Virtuosity that just looks sure, fucking sure. dumb. Yeah. Although it is funny to watch people like running suspended from their fucking necks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't get any of that in this. No. And I think they were also <laughs> saving their money for this like big, this one big like CGI world shot at the very end. that looks like it cost about eighteen cents. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's at the, the part time, that who knows. That's the part that really reminded me of Dark City because there's the part in Dark yeah. City where like there's the reveal, you see the and, whole thing, and yeah. William Hurt falls out into space, and you're like, oh shit! And I mean, if you didn't have the if you the watch beginning. the director's cut, yeah, then you go like, oh, well, then the, the oh, oh shit! Oh, shit. But in this one, surprise. in this one, it's it's like the sort of like. Oh, yeah. you don't say. Oh shit! You're just kind of. Oh, okay. Version of that. Like, yeah. oh, no, you did a thing. You no. blew it, movie stu- movie studio. For the first time, a movie movie studio <laughs> fucked a movie up. Uh, but in this one, uh, so he's like Craig Bierko. He's he's back in the real world, or so we think. And Craig Bierko is like his employee, and then his he's protege. Like, you need to meet with me, Craig Bierko. I have something to tell you. And then he goes to this bar, and then someone kills Murders her, him. and that's where we we get the yep. sort of well, noir first, investigation. Armin Mueller stall goes to like this shitty dive bar. Like he orders a martini, and it comes in like a highball glass. Yeah. But he's like, you forgot the olives. Anyway, and then he gets and then he gets murdered. Um, and by 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 whom we don't know. Oh yeah. And the the he cops does seem to kind of maybe know the person that's murdering, like, but we don't see who right. it is. Ah oh, yes. He does. Uh, he does. It's a, you. Oh, it's you. <laughs> right. Didn't see a stand in there. <laughs> it's you, person. <laughs> now the cop and the cops immediately suspect. Uh, Craig Bierko. Craig Bierko, who lives in the Blade Runner house. Right. He lives in the Ennis this house. A, they spent all their money getting the Blade right. Runner house. I think. Yeah. Frank Lloyd Wright's Blade Runner house. Also the, the also the home of Sue Guy in in Black Rain. <laughs> That's right. It's in a thousand movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's awesome. And uh, he so they they immediately suspect him because because Armin Mueller Stahl changed his will recently, so that now he uh, Craig Bierko now has control of the company. Yeah, uh, he's inherited the company. And and uh, Gretchen Maul shows up. She's his daughter. No one knew Nobody that he knew. had a daughter, and she seems pretty concerned about the fact that now he he owns the company. Also, the cops uh, are led by David President Palmer from Twenty Four. Mm, David Palmer. That's right. Uh, David Palmer. David Palmer, but David Palmer is a different guy. What's his yeah. name? David Dennis uh, Haysburg. Dennis Haysburg. Why did I say David Palmer? <laughs> yeah, Palmer on the brain. Fuck you, Palmer. Fuck Pamer. you, Palmer. Fuck you, Palmer. Sorry about that, David Palmer and Dennis Haysburg. <laughs> Didn't mean to confuse <laughs> it's you. Haysburg. And uh, and you know, it's not a tragedy. He's making plenty of plenty of money. But the moment that he pops up on screen, you're just like, I get some of that insurance. Yeah. It's like that's his whole fucking deal. <laughs> Yes. Try to get all state. <laughs> he was because, president. You know, you know the classic line: "Try to get all state." He was pre- he was president for so long. Yeah, survived his final assassination <laughs> attempt. <laughs> Anyways, he's a detective, and uh, he suspects Bierko. Uh, Gretchen Mall is on is freshly on the scene. She's very mysterious and a real cutie patootie, if you ask and me. And also, Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> is also in the real world, and he's the guy who invented the VR. Yep. The VR uh, simulation. And he's world. got a, and he's got long blonde. He's got long blonde, long, blonde hair. Wig in this, this movie's one. one of those things where <laughs> actors get to do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's it, like those episodes of Star Trek or yeah. whatever, where like now you're a different character and you get to try a new thing. Uh, Riker. I, I like D'Onofrio in in this. Like, yeah. he's, I like I like I, I like that I like that where it's like an actor playing like the two mm. two totally disparate kind of parts. Well, when he's po- when he's computer like long hair guy, he's like, well, I'm kind of a nerd. And yeah. Can I go in there? No, I can't for some reason. All right, fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm a guy, kind of a weaselly nerdy guy. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And uh, and so Craig Bierko starts to uh, launch an investigation into why his boss died, partially because he wants to know and partially because he's the number one suspect. And yes. so he's, it's what, Who's classic, convinced that he didn't do it. Classic noir shit. Yeah. yeah. 
And then and and also like like uh, both of the other two movies, uh, if you go into the VR, if you get too into the VR, it fucks your brain up. Yes. Not good for your brains. <laughs> yep. Oh, I also wanted to point oh, out right. one, you can't stay in too long. There's yeah. a timer, and that's you what, can't that, stay in too long that because brings, you start to lose yourself in that there. That brings you out. It brings yeah. you out. That's right. Two hours or something like that. that well, he, wants, he only wants it to be one hour, but Craig Bierko insists on going in for two. Is that happening in virtuosity? Oh, I guess it does. Yeah, yeah it yeah. fucks them up. Yep. You, uh, you can die in there. Although that movie barely cares about that yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I believe this movie is PG thirteen uh, yeah. because they they the way that um, Armin Mueller style gets killed is apparently very brutal. We don't see it, but we hear it described as it, one person says they carved him up like a Christmas ham, and another person says they sliced him up like an animal. Dang, Jesus! Yeah, which you know, you know when you see an animal and you, you just want to slice, slice it up. up. A Christmas yeah. ham used to be an animal. So. That's true. Yes, you're sliced up like a Christmas <laughs> animal. This is like a Christmas ham. It's spiralized. Dipped in like, like a honey glaze. It's got a weird bone just right <laughs> yeah, in the middle of bone it. Right in the middle of it. Classic Christmas ham. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then the movie gets uh, complicated. <laughs> good luck it's, to I us. Mean, it's good very, luck to us keeping it's it very together. No, it's like totally a noir thing. Yeah, but yeah. then it's also like, you know, it's like it's like a regular noir movie and then like, but also alternate VR reality. I was and how I was many amused, realities are there? You know, I was right. amused that this sci-fi movie spent all of its money recreating 1930s Hollywood. Right. Yeah, because uh, that was. I mean, that's not a direction you'd expect it to go in. Yeah, that, that was cool. I didn't. I, I hadn't. Yeah, I hadn't seen this, so I didn't know. I like did, really didn't know anything about this. I know I saw this <laughs> when it came out, but I had virtually no memory of <laughs> that's it. Virtually, yeah. That's everybody's reaction. I mean, to this movie, like I, I well, I made the point of saying that it was destined to be forgotten, and indeed it was oh, by yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but it's fine. It's not that bad. No, it's fine. It's not. It's, well not it's not a movie that's forgotten that like should be forgotten. Like Freddy got fingered or something. It's a movie that like uh, is forgotten because uh, of because because like why would anybody remember, remember this, this movie? So yeah. much better stuff. That's the same thing. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, in addition to it being like thoroughly mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like, if anything, maybe they should have tried to the, to go the virtuosity way and make you watch it. And yeah, like, that's what? the thing. What the the, fuck? There's no big swing in here that's no. gonna make this memorable at all. But it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It, 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 it is a movie that is I aiming was, for a single. I, I mean, I'm. It I didn't us, really like it. I was bored, but that's. I mean, it's yeah. also very old. I wasn't. You know? I, it was like it told its story, and sure. I was like, okay, you know, the whole way through, it's like, yo, now this is okay. No, now this. But I mean, oh, pretty, now you know, pretty immediately, you know where it's going. Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't. I wasn't when it got to the you know second level virtual right. reality. I was like, oh, yeah, but like yeah. that's but that was my reaction. My reaction wasn't, oh shit, now it's that. It was like, oh, and I feel like that's the the level of this movie is that they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going for you'll be mildly, maybe pleasantly surprised when you find out the big sort of <laughs> yeah. twist in this movie. I was wow, like, I okay. sort of knew exactly where it was going, like so a, I'm kind of waiting for it to get there. And I mean, yeah. that's what I mean is that let's when just, it happened, when it happened, now. I wasn't like. Holy shit! That's a weird yeah, yeah. Shyamalan twist. I was like, oh okay, yeah, yeah of sure, course. okay. Oh it's, yeah, now it's this. Okay, that makes so sense. There's an hour left. There's well, a half hour left in this movie, so of course there's that. Yeah. So basically, what it turns out <laughs> happens is that uh, that okay. So when 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 Craig Bierko goes into the 1930s virtual world, the guy who lives in the 1930s virtual world is a computer program, but he has like. He has a mind of his own. Right. As someone actually says, they think, they, they eat, they talk, do they fuck? I think, therefore I am. Yes, exactly. You're just They're just jumping into their Yeah, body. so they're just quantum leaping into these guys and taking over their personalities. Yep. It also turns out 
that the reverse can happen under bad circumstances. Right. And uh, the bartender in the 30s, Vincent D'Onofrio, the bartender, becomes aware that maybe some some fucked up shit is going on. Right. He, he starts to become suspicious about because he keeps running into the same people who don't remember seeing him before and stuff like that. So he's like, I'm figured out that I'm in a that computer I'm in a computer program. program. And I don't he, know what a computer is. He but, really you know. finds out in, in is exactly what happens in Dark City, where you try yeah. to get out of the city, you can't get out of the yes. city, and yeah. pe- there's it also happens in Truman Show. Yep. There's impediments <laughs> that pop into your way, but when when you finally get to the end of it, there's a definitive end. Yeah. And he describes he doesn't you don't see it when you see he describes him. You it. see him in a flashback from what he's describing, seeing a thing, yep. and he's like, "Whoa!" But you don't see what that thing is. Right. And so you're like, "All right, well, he's in the fake world." And then Craig Bierko, at a certain point in the real world, quote unquote, is, starts to notice a lot of the same things that Vincent D'Onofrio was talking right. about. And so he makes a drive out, uh, and this is probably about well, he uh, Gretchen Mall tells away. Gretchen Mall tells him to do this. She's like, "Yes." She's like, "Go out to a place you would never normally go. Go as far as you can, and then you'll see it. Don't let anybody stop you. Yeah." Just keep driving, and then he does the same, and then we do get to see. And it's see just like a wireframe. It's it's very uncool. pretty underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks I mean, like Atari Battlezone. Uh, it's it's not very exciting. It seems like I I really get the feeling that this technology is incredible and impressive because it looks like the real world, but no, it's no. all based on this like holodeck sort of matrix thing. Well, the whole yeah. movie is a holodeck plot from Star Trek, where like fucking Moriarty yes. figures out he can get out of the holodeck. Those are my favorite episodes. Yeah, that's too. good stuff. Those are so cool. And then, but he also finds out that they're in. So yeah, he finds out that they're in a simulation, and that the the level above is where Gretchen Mall is from. And she is really the real daughter of the real Armin Mueller-Stahl. She was supposed to jump into the simulation and take over the company and shut everything down. Yes, because there are thousands of these fake universes in the actual real future. But only this one has developed its own fake world. That's right. And that's right. a huge problem. Yes. And now that I'm thinking about it, they did a Rick and Morty episode based on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, except there's like I'm several sure, more. I'm sure someone said the 13th floor on that episode, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is like some sort of uh, 13th floor scenario. Oh, oh. Rick, uh, 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 shut up, Morty. <laughs> They stutter a lot on the show. Anyway. Uh, anyways, um, yes, and and this is where and you- Gretchen Mall in the real world has an abusive, <laughs> this is homicidal boyfriend who's been spending too much time in VR, who is Craig Bierko in the real world. Yeah. So evil Craig Bierko has been jumping into our Craig Bierko's body. Killed Armin Mueller-Stahl in our present. <laughs> he sliced him up like a Christmas ham. Like an like animal. Like he was a fucking animal. Like a fucking animal. Yeah. And sh- but she's in love with virtual Craig Bierko from our present. Because he reminds right. her of because her husband, husband the way he used When to he be. was nice. I kind of like that. That's weird. I also like the <laughs> part where shit. Craig Bierko tracks down... Gretchen Mall and she's a goth kid working at a grocery store. That's her disguise. That's her big disguise. Well, she no, goes but, into a yeah. Gra- yeah. Well, no, because because then she's like she doesn't recognize him and he's like oh because he's standing there waiting for her and she's like okay bye and he's, he's like, like oh at her, she's like can I get you then something? you see the little blue flash in her eyes where she the other one of her jumps in there. Yeah, yeah. You, wanna, like, uh, you want this charming? Yeah, uh, she, yeah, and she's chewing the gum hardcore, and then she jumps in there and is like, yeah, what the fuck is this gum doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking gum. He's just like, let me get these panty shields, some condoms, <laughs> bottle, a, bottle Harper, of Harper, some illegal some fireworks. fireworks. <laughs> All right, anything else I can get for her? Count me out. She's, she doesn't do this accent, but it, you feel like she really wanted to the way she plays this character. Where it's like, can I get you something here? <laughs> right. You want well, any more? Can I help you, You want a few more condoms? <laughs> 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 it's fun. I kind of like this movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
It's like it does the stuff that it does. It's underwhelming, but it does all the stuff that it does yeah. fairly well. It, it executes. Uh, but so then, eight, then bartender Vincent D'Onofrio from the 30s, he's evil now, too. Yes. And he, Agent Smith's regular Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, because regular Vincent D'Onofrio goes in. Goes and in. he's not supposed to. He's all like, I think I want to try this out. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he, around. he gets killed on the other side. Yeah. yeah. And that means that the other, the evil Vincent D'Onofrio is now stuck on stuck in, the, yeah. middle, the middle reality. Yes. Right. And then he just sort of this is this is a part where like uh, Craig Bierko at this point Craig Bierko knows the deal and that it's all bullshit yeah. and he sees that Vincent D'Onofrio is like in this media room watching a bunch of TV I love this shit because <laughs> you know that's it's pretty cool that we have TV right and <laughs> and and he's watching like TV shows right. and stuff like that and, and then like, and then he goes this world's fucking great <laughs> and you're like yeah it is kind of cool they didn't have shit in the 30s yeah. The past sucks. Yeah, it's just like this formaldehyde booze, and it's yeah. just awful. And he's like, "Well, I got like nine TVs going. Watch, watch an MTV. It's great. Do you think? Do you think that that Vincent D'Onofrio uh, is inordinately amused when he watches modern television, and anytime something violent happens, music from his own time period plays as an ironic counterpoint? <laughs> Whoa. Boardwalk Empire is his favorite show. He sliced that guy up like an animal. It's just like being back home. <laughs> I love this band, Prong. <laughs> They're fucking great. There's a TV. There's a TV guy in uh, in Strange Days too. Yeah, the dude in the that's, wheelchair. That's the dude from the Abyss. Yeah, yeah. But that, but I just, I just, that just reminded me that that guy's in there and both and like that. That guy totally is uh, just riffing on this dude from Slacker who's yeah. like a dude in a wheelchair that has a bunch of TVs and he's wow. like wearing a TV backpack and shit in, yeah, his, yeah. in his basement. Yeah. But that guy doesn't have legs. The guy in Strange Days doesn't have legs and then he gives him a, a video of running on the beach and a hot lady's like, hi. Which is kind of similar to what happens in Avatar. Yeah, anyway. <sighs> so, anyhow, sorry, uh, back to the 13th floor. floor. Right, right. Sorry, we jumped, we're, into, we're a very, we jumped into a different reality. <laughs> we're for several layers there. levels I forgot deep. what we were talking about. Uh, we're getting towards the end. Yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio's like, semi-evil-ish dude. Right. It, does, it doesn't end up being the problem. It's Bierko's evil real-life antecedent right. who's the problem. And then, then they wrap this up pretty pretty well, like quick. They don't drag it out like Virtuosity does. No, they don't. Like he get, does, does he get in a fight with him? So, I don't fucking remember. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> Honestly, don't remember. Oh, no, <laughs> I always count on one of us remembering what well, happens at the I, end. I, okay, of the movie. okay, okay. So this is what happens. So like, good, good middle reality. Craig Bierko like has had sex with Gretchen Mall, and then he leaves, and then gets re- gets possessed over because this is right. what happens. He gets his body gets invaded by the real husband, right. and then he shows up, and he's like, "Hello," and she's like, "Oh no, it's you." Doesn't Vincent D'Onofrio kill him uh, in the middle world? Because we are in the middle world here. And so then now our Craig Bierko is stuck in the future. Oh, oh okay, yes. So Craig Bierko is now yeah. in the real reality yeah. because this guy, the evil guy, is here. Because they and switch then, or something? Yeah, yes. they switch. <laughs> I think in Vincent D'Onofrio working with Gretchen Maul killed this guy yeah. in the in the middle reality. Yes. And so then we get the very end, which is very sweet. Well, also, and then also Dennis Haysbert is on to it now. Like he figures out right. that something's up. That this is that this is a virtual world, and he he confronts Gretchen Maul, and Gretchen Maul's like, "You're right, you're not real," and he goes, "Well, just leave us the fuck alone, then." <laughs> yes. Well, that's that's like one of the moral concerns is because yes. these people in the real reality want to kill the the sec the second level deep thing, but that means that they're actually killing real people who think therefore they are. Right. And so like exactly. he so somebody gets it's to a relay a message that's like don't just leave us to our world that you created because we are real people. Yeah. And now now that the evil Bierko has been killed, now they they can those guys can all live their fake but real lives. Mm-hmm. People in the middle reality can live their fake but real lives, and now. 
good Bierko has beamed up into e- real evil Bierko's personality, and regular Gretchen Mall, who is married, was married to evil real Bierko, wakes up and is like, "Oh no, it's the nice Bierko, and yeah. now I'm married to I nice now, Bierko." And now look again. at the world; we've been flooded, and, here's and everything's what we in the spend future. Our money, Aaron Miller stalls out on a porch; she's alive, yeah. and it's a water world. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, but it ends. It ends. A, it's it, rich condo water world, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, but it's it, a nice looking water world. It ends the same. It ends like with a, a very similar shot as Dark City. Yeah, too. with the water. Because yeah, Dark City yeah, ends on the dock exactly going the out to the thing. water, and she meets her again, and she's like, oh, I don't know you. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, it's this whole new world. And this is the same as this to go out on the port. It's a little different, but it's yeah. like it's our real shit. world has been they flooded. They just but call it, this Dork City. But it's also a very, it's like a very uh, sort of happy, happy it's ending. Very, I thought it was very you know? sweet. It was really nice. I liked this water world. Uh, I liked, because it's just like the whole movie hasn't looked like this, and then all no. of a sudden you're like, damn, all right. all It's not like it looks great or anything, but you're yeah. just like, this is crazy. A crazy different environment. Yeah. And then they're just, and it's like, I like this the nice I think that's nice she's got a nice husband again and she and I like Gretchen Paul and he's like hey I'm the nice guy again and she's like oh great and he's just sort of like now we're gonna be happy and she's like here we are and that's like the end you're like, here on that's the thirteenth floor that's the whole yeah that's their apartments on the thirteenth floor and they're like they're like wait what floor is this it's the thirteenth floor that's how high the flooding is oh and then you see a rat run across the banister like oh because it was rats and then Ralph comes out of a trash can goes the rat represents symbolism oh it's the so baby looked funny. at you? Fucking uh, bullshit. <laughs> so that's, that's it. That's I, thought it was, I thought it was very sweet. Okay. Yeah. I, lo- I liked this ending. I, yep. it, was, it was actually kind of like Gorky Park, where, <laughs> where it was just where you're just sort of like, man, okay, okay, okay. But This then the, movie, is the, as bland as it is, is about I, I 10 million it, times more exciting more than, than Gorky Park. But Gorky I like the ending of Gorky but Park, Gorky where, Park he had the critters. where he sets the critters free. And you're like, well, that, <laughs> that was just me. the nicest possible way you could have ended that movie. That was very sweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and this is how that is. You're like, these two kids, these two sweet kids, and they're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. And her dad's like, "Hello, yeah. I am. I am I'm here. I'm the real one. I am very, very tired. I am on the beach, but I am still alive for now. I can't make it much longer. I am weary." <laughs> then he goes to Mars. Michael Douglas, I am so glad you fired me. I <laughs> was so I spend more time with my beautiful wife now. It's from the game. It's all just a game, here, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. it. That's the That's it. Yeah, that's that's good. That uh, does it. Oh, we did that very quick. Good job, guys. Did we? Okay, good. Yeah. There's not much to it. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. well done. Uh, there's not not a lot of like great lines in this or anything like that. Uh, no. Somebody changes jobs like other people change their underwear. Mm. That's very fast. That's very fast job turnover. Oh, this is the part <laughs> where uh, Craig Bierko is ta- is talking to 30s Vincent D'Onofrio, who is beamed into middle reality, and he goes, uh, "Oh, <coughs> you jacked in," and, and then D'Onofrio goes, "Huh? Who's Jack?" Because you see, he doesn't. Yeah. Good. I good like stuff. it. I like it. It's great. Good. good stuff. Uh, uh, nope, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's good. That's good. I think Somebody yeah. says, I'll see you on America's Most Wanted because it's the 90s. I don't know. That's all I got. Uh, ratings. Two and a half Judds. This is just straight down the middle. Mm. I, I didn't really care for it. I mean, I didn't hate it or anything. I just It was very bland. There were things that I thought were cute. Like I said, I want to give a little pat on the head. Yeah. But I didn't find it particularly entertaining. Yep. Uh, a half a Douglas. 
because Armin Mueller's doll goes to, goes into his grand creation. Yeah, he is. Uh, not only that, ladies. not only that, Armin virtual Armin Mueller's doll. No, Stahl. not real Armin Mueller's doll. Real Armin Mueller's doll. So so see, so computer Mueller's doll goes back to 30s version of himself to bang broads. That's why he seems the 30s. So, that's why he seems so tired all the time. I'm yeah, banging, yeah. I am banging cocktail. There's there's that whole scene where it's like because you you see you see the regular guy that he is. He's just like a nice man who runs a store and he's like I've never cheated on my wife and stuff like that. But I've got guy. this weird suit. <laughs> but I've got this tuxedo. That that I found in my fucking closet. I have all of the all of VDs. Yeah, be, see, that's what I wanted. Like when you find out, it's like he should have all these weird '30s sex toys, like big wooden dildos. He shows him like his that. he shows him his dick, and it's just a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, oh no, Rube Goldberg sex toys and stuff like that. Pus squirting pustules on his cock. But look at my genitals. Oh my god, I've never once cheated on my beloved wife. I am old timey. And I'm gonna give it uh, three Craig Biercos. Yeah, man. There's three <laughs> Craig Biercos. Oh no. Yeah. Two That's Vincent D'Onofrio's, three Armin Mueller stalls, three two Craig Biercos, two Greta two partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> uh, I'm giving this motherfucker three Juds, just right. like like a pat on the head sort of thing. But and again, it left me with a with a nice feeling because I like right. that ending. And I was just sort of like thirteenth floor. Here we go. And then I was like, it's fine. They, I think that they did the best. Yeah. You're a certified Gretchen Mall fan, too. You're part I of the Mall Rats. I, really, I, am, I am a Mall Rat. <laughs> I wish yeah. that's what the movie Mall Rats was, was Gretchen Malls, a bunch of Gretchen Malls hanging out in a mall. That'd be way better. And uh, then the rat comes by at the end. She's a, yeah. she's a cutie It represents patootie. Kevin Smith's career. Yeah. It represents uh, Kevin Smith still not apologizing publicly for making yoga hosers. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an NFT now. Yeah, good. Yeah, maybe they'll burn the original uh, whatever it's filmed on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it one Douglas, just because Gretchen Mall is a cutie patootie, and uh, I like looking at her. And uh, wow. I'm gonna give it. Uh, so wait, so you're giving it one Douglas because of how you felt about Gretchen Mall? <laughs> yeah, it gave him a boner. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it gave me a boner. I'm on the record. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> a boner. And I'm gonna give it one Christmas ham and one animal that were carved up. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm also gonna give it three Juds. I I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was like it's it nice. does it does the thing it's supposed to. And then when I get to the end, I went, oh yeah, okay. Uh-huh. You know, I, I thought it was like you it kind of cares it about these fake things that they created. It's weird. Yeah, I think that's why. Like it was like with virtuosity, it's like it was a little too dumb for me. It's like almost there, but it was also kind of like yeah, just end. And this one was kind of like oh, it's over. Okay, yeah. it did the thing, and now it's done. You know, in the middle, I was kind of like. You can move along. It wasn't perfect, and it did make me. It was totally making me think of better movies oh, the entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like making me think of better movies in the way that's like, God, this is so bad. I wish I was watching these others. I was just like, Oh, this is like this. This is almost ex- actually this is almost exactly like four or five other movies that came out within two years of this one. Uh, so I'll give it three Juds. I'll give it, I guess, a half a Douglas for for the. You know, weird arm for him being going back to the thirties. Banging cocktail waitresses. Banging cocktail time. waitresses. Uh, and I'll give it. Um, I don't know what's even what even happens in this movie. You give it three. <laughs> give it thirteen Gierkos. floors. <laughs> yeah, thirteen. There you go. Thirteen floors. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I did want to read. Uh, I I wrote on my letterbox review. Our uh, our listener Mike Drew Flynn uh, commented. MDF. And I actually think that this is this is actually I agree with him. He says this is one of those movies where I stand by my theory that the film would be much better as a Carpenter Russell vehicle. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah, but I mean, just thinking about when he mentioned, that, I'm like, oh yeah, that would be. 
Because it would be like it might be like chunkier, but it would be like it'd, it'd be like it'd, have be, a personality. it'd be at least three and a half for yeah. me. I'd be like I'd bump it up a half, and it would look it, really good. And yeah, it would just have and it would have that uh, carpenter score like boom, 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 boom. Even if yeah, it had yeah, the happy yeah. ending, you'd be like, oh, cool, right. okay. Carpenter's way better at doing a lot with a little visually. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think so. Sort of thing. Yeah. So anyway, well, it just makes me want to see that movie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too late. It's probably too late. It's probably a little too I late. I think it's too late. <laughs> he's too he's he's too busy playing video games and yeah. cashing checks. <laughs> good for him. Yeah, good for him. It's fucking a man. He deserves it. Okay, so we did this. What's next? We well, did, we are finally we getting around uh, to our inexplicable to the second part of our inexplicably popular. Uh, are we going to call this the second best, best little noir house? Best little noir house volume two, or second best little noir second house, something like that. House. People, you guys apparently loved that last episode, so we're going to do we're going to do another round. We we intended to, but we were surprised oh, yeah. by how popular it was. So the next ones are going to be. Uh, Gun Crazy with Drew Barrymore, which is a remake of Joseph F. Lewis, uh, Joseph Lewis's Gun Crazy. The Deep End, which is a remake of Ophel's Reckless Moment, and you got it written down as Kiss Before Dying. That's not what we're doing. Oh, we're no, we're doing. Uh, that's we're what doing. You said. No, no, no. That's the, that we're saving that one for the Sean Young ones. We're doing Against All Odds, oh. which is a remake of Out of the Past. Oh, okay. With Jeff Bridges. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So that should be fun. For you guys, apparently. That's a Curtis Hansen Wait, joint. Why will that be fun for us? No, for the, the oh. listeners. <laughs> yeah, who, I thought you were looking that? at me when you said that. I'm like, it's like one of our most yeah, popular I episodes. I hope it's fun for yeah, me. I hope it's good. I've never seen <laughs> I've never seen uh, the Gun Crazy remake. Is that? Yeah. No, I haven't either. I haven't seen uh, That's Tamara Davis, seen too. Or no, it's not Tamara Davis. It's Rachel Tulele. One of the two. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen any a of single these, one of these. Yeah. Just like the last You've time. You've never seen Deep End? Oh, man, you're going to like that. That one's really good. Speaking of liking things, uh, like us on Twitter <laughs> and also get get on that uh, Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're holding steady at eighty four, and part of that's because we still haven't figured out what to do for our hundredth uh, to get our hundredth listener. We'll do something, but like sign up. Yeah, there's tons and tons of great stuff. It can't be another there. Brian De Palma one. Yeah, there's tons of stuff on there now. I mean, ton, tons of stuff. I think by the time episodes. this comes out, we'll have one of those lethal. We're gonna do the, all the lethals. We have two yeah. lethal weapons coming out. Yeah. yeah, two lethal episodes covering all four lethal weapon yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, it's epic. It's great. Too epic. That first one is like three hours long. It's, it, yeah. Just it's for the two, huge. the first two lethals. It's take, taking me forever to edit. <laughs> yeah. Please get on board. So get it's on great there. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. We All love right. you guys. And until next time, the suspense is killing us. Bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. Jack out. <laughs> <laughs>